Hey, this is Kevin from Guaranteed Audio. Just want to say thanks for listening, and that we'll be getting to our extra-long show shortly. We wanted to fill you in on all the new stuff we're posting this month over at guaranteedvideo.com. If you don't know, we post a lot of exclusive videos over there, and they're not just throwaway Snapchats and crap like that. I'm talking behind-the-scenes video podcasts with interviews and deleted scenes, candid footage of us putting together special effects, and real looks behind the scenes, cool stuff like that. And I actually just produced a pretty awesome behind-the-scenes video featurette for GameCube controller, and it includes fun visual goodies for anyone who supports our filmmaking and all the podcasting efforts we make here. And as for our skits, we actually have a new one coming in the next few weeks that involves a decent amount of shooting and polish and lighting and smoke machines and all crazy crap. And you can expect early access to that video for patrons over at guaranteedvideo.com too a few days before it goes public. We actually just posted an exclusive skit of ours from 2008 that got pulled from the internet. Uh, we're not sure why, but it got yanked off a few websites. And we're going to dig up a few more that got pulled as well and put them up for patrons so you're here for the podcast i should probably point out that we actually take questions that we answer each and every episode of guaranteed audio and those questions come exclusively from patrons over at guaranteedvideo.com too so even if you back our projects and support us for one dollar we'll try and take your questions for the following episode of the show and read it on air and that's our way of trying to involve you in the show and make the podcast a bit more of a two-way street. We appreciate every bit of support we've received here at Guaranteed Video. Uh, so thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to Guaranteed Audio. This is our 12th episode. We took a bit of an absence since August 2018. We kind of went on a hiatus because we got into video podcasting. We discussed the Ernest P. World filmography on Ernest Roulette. Check uh, them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Kevin James of Guaranteed Video, joined by my esteemed colleagues, Ryan Murphy and Neil Ciceriga. And we have a special guest with us today. Those of you who have seen Computer Fighters will know him as Mitch Dollarton, but we know him as uh, Dan Hamilton. Dan, outside of our dumb videos, what else do you do on the internet? Oh, well, I didn't think you were going to ask that because it's not really much. Um, I sort of do some video game streaming, but I do it for charity, like a philanthropic effort um, for Extra Life, raising money for Boston Children's Hospital. I also do some tweets now and again. I guess that's what the kids do is they write funny tweets and sometimes they get popular. That's Mine really never cool. do. <laughs> What's the name of your charity team? Uh, my charity team is called Limited Bandwidth. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash limited bandwidth. We stream probably once or twice a week and, and raise money for sick kids. The charity drives, are those annual or are they more regular than that? They are an annual drive. Um, we sort of do a big push in the fall. That's when the event actually happens. We do like a big 24-hour telethon. We also try to do some other sort of charitable things throughout the year. We're going to do something for Pride Month next month in June. Um, we haven't picked a charity yet, but we are discussing it. I just noticed on our Google Drive doc that I use as our uh, backbone for every episode that Ryan wrote poop under the date for today's episode. I wrote poop on it. Oh, yeah. That was about two minutes ago. (laughs) Yes. Internet's real slow here. If this is your first time listening to Guaranteed Audio, you can catch every episode over at guaranteedaudio.com, which is where we keep our RSS feed that you can throw into iTunes and Google Play and all that. I think if you just search for us on Google Play and iTunes, you'll find us too. Yeah, subscribe, leave some reviews. I think that helps us somehow. I'm just going by what I've heard in other podcasts. I've done no research into this. None of the, no, no, none of them have. They've, they're all repeating something someone said like 15 years ago. I've probably listened to at least one podcast where they're just making up a mattress commercial because they think that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> like This makes it sound like we've made it. We have a mattress commercial. 
Um, we even had a mattress commercial once. We did. All right, enough with the uh, preamble. Uh, let's move into media current. Ryan, what have you been consuming lately? What have you read, watched, listened to, ingested? Well, I've actually been reading. I'm 32 years old, and so I enjoy a book with pictures. And I've been uh, reading a book about the medieval painter Hieronymus Bosch, who is known for these crazy, crazy surrealist paintings. Like his most famous works are Heaven, Purgatory, and Hell, of these like wacky, uh, insane, intricate, detailed monsters and half people and demons and people crawling out of butts and like all kinds of insane things <laughs> they're like where's waldo paintings, the, yes right? they're incredibly intricate and they are the basis for funny anecdote the guy who is best known like the, the actor who was in season one of westworld uh as the lead for the past segments and he's also one of the mcpoyles from always sunny in philadelphia oh J- jimmy simpson Thank you. Yeah. Yes. On the first few seasons of House of Cards, he plays sort of an Edward Snowden yeah, or that's uh, what I know type of from. hacker yeah, yeah. whose name is a base of Hieronymus Bosch. It's Hero Anonymous Bosch. Like, I'm anonymous, and like the anonymous online, and I'm a hero. He's, he's a hacktivist. But yeah, I've been reading a book on Hieronymus Bosch, and the last thing I saw that really intrigued me is the trailer for the upcoming movie this uh, July, Midsummer. Is it's, that actor in it? No, that would be great, though. So, that'd be a good sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. That anecdote was, once there was a character with a similar name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, she just listed like several of his roles. It was a very Wikipedia whole <laughs> sentence. Sorry, what, what movie? Midsummer. I haven't seen this. What is this? Can well, you it comes it out this July, and it's direct, written and directed by the same guy who did Hereditary that I was a big fan of. I love modern horror. I love good horror. And this one is about a group of American tourists who go to Sweden for this crazy ceremony, and horror ensues. It looks like the, it looks like what The Wicker Man is supposed to be. Directed by Ari Aster. Thank you. Oh, yep. oh I have seen this trailer. It's the one that's very colorful and bright, right? Yes. I thought that was really interesting because you don't usually see those colors in horror movies. It is a part of Sweden where it's sunny 24 hours a day for part of the year. So the horror at night is in bright, bright sunlight, which is an interesting twist. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Kind of like awesome. Memento. <laughs> right? No, no, not Memento. Sorry. I'm an idiot. What's the other movie by that guy? I forget if Insomnia? it's all there. Insomnia. Thank you. Sorry. Christian Bitt. Oh, that's my oh, That dad. guy, that's... Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Wait, was it Insomnia with Robin Williams? Yeah. It was. It's a yeah. good okay. movie. Yeah. But that's the one that takes place. That's It's similar part of the world where it's always bright or always dark. Much, yeah, Much different color palette. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> one of two ways you can go about it. Yeah. What about you, Neil? Uh, what have I been doing lately? Like watching, listening to. You know the deal. You've done this before. Yeah. Uh, it's really tough. I, you know, I'm a full-time parent now, and uh, we don't want to raise our kid to be watching TV all the time. But... What they don't tell you about that is eventually you have to cheat and you have to just put on the TV anyway. and just. So I've just been uh, putting on uh, old episodes of um, The Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Generation, and I'm just watching those with the child. And it, that's perfect uh, for a kid that you don't want addicted to TV because it's not interesting enough to hold it's their boring. attention. Yeah. It's boring. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a distraction. It might stop them from crying, but it not, it's not going to like fry their brain from like not being able to take their eyes away from data or whatever. You know, It's never going to be overstimulating. It's yeah. not just, oh, just turn on a YouTube. You're like, oh, let's just watch this playlist. Like, no, don't do that to a child. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's like a, you know, a big space battle episode. You might need to ride the volume a little bit. Well, uh, my media current will be a movie that I saw at the Independent Film Festival of Boston. I actually went with Dan. Uh, we went and saw this movie called Loose. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was from the uh, the director, Julius Ona. 
who did, and don't hold this against him, The Cloverfield Paradox. Very different film. What would you call it, Dan? Like a thriller? Yeah, I'd call it a thriller. And it was very surprising to learn after we watched the movie that it was the same guy who did Cloverfield Paradox. Because I think if I heard that before going in, I would have had... We would have skipped it. Yeah. There was a, a Q&A after the film where the director was asked kind of just these like, you know, extemporaneous questions uh, by a movie critic. Uh, and the one of the questions was about uh, Cloverfield Paradox. And it was very obvious that Julius, the director did not want to talk about the experience of getting that movie made, uh, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, but uh, back to Loose. Uh, Loose, uh, who is in it? It's got... Um, it's got Tim Roth. Uh, Octavia Spencer, Naomi Watts, and it's about this kind of like A-list high school student. He's incredibly smart. Uh, he, he's like a good athlete too, right? And basically everyone thinks he's going to be big in politics someday. He's like incredibly charismatic. Uh, he works his ass off. Uh, he was adopted, uh, where do they say he was from? It's kind of a late burn thing when they tell you. Right. And it is a real country. I just don't remember. But it's some war-torn, yeah. um, you know, West African country yeah. um, that he's adopted from. He was implied to be a child soldier when yeah. they adopted him at the age of 10. Yeah. But the movie basically breaks down to he does not get along well with Octavia Spencer, who is his, like, uh, history teacher yeah. or, like, some sort of, like, philosophy teacher. What's the closest movie I can think of totally to it? Maybe maybe uh, uh, Cape Fear? Uh, oh, cool. it's, 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 it's intense. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing but character study, nothing but relationships. Octavia Spencer is great in it. Uh, she gets the best scenes in the movie, the best lines in the movie. Uh, she plays frustrated very well. Obviously it taps into race relations in America about an act in, I started to get the feeling this movie was going to fall into that like blind side type of film. Like Sandra Bullock, white savior. Yeah. yeah. Like the white lady's going to make the black guy's life all better. Like in the movie, is apparently was apparently aware of the tone it was setting up mm-hmm. uh, because it pays off big time uh, in that movie. Highly recommend it. Loose. The less said, the better. Probably could be an Oscar buzz movie by the I, end of the year. I looked into it August this year. I think is its uh, its nationwide release. Okay, so by the time this podcast goes up, you'll be able to see it in theater. <laughs> cool. Uh, what about you, Dan? What's your media current? It's Farscape. My girlfriend has been taking oh, me cool. through. We were just talking about Farscape. Yeah, we were. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we just started season two. She's seen the show. This is my first time through it. She's taking me through all the '90s sci-fi. Is guys. it bad? It's. Point, I'm just going to ask point blank. That show looks bad. Is it bad? <laughs> My history with it is I would sleep with the TV on with Fox and it would play at 3 a.m. in the morning when I would yeah. wake up to shut my TV off. Mm-hmm. And I went, this looks terrible. Well, let, let me let me let me rephrase Neil's question. Sure. Thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> do you feel you had to be there while watching Farscape? Do you get the impression, oh, I should have watched this no. 20 years ago? <laughs> She's been showing me. She showed me. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. And mm-hmm. all of those I felt, OK, I kind of had to be here for this. Farscape is so can we swear on this show? No. Okay. It's yeah, so bonkers. <laughs> um, it's so crazy in its character design because it's it's from the Jim Henson company. Brian yep. Henson uh, directs yep. and produces oh, it. Oh, the director of uh, The Happy Time Murders. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The character and creature designs are just weird. The story is so bizarre, but it's like it's something you've seen before, but they just, I don't know, go watch it. Watch a couple episodes. It's bad, but it's like that good bad where it's self-aware enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got into season two where now it's like going even crazier and they just made like our main character who is 
from our Earth who got transported to another solar system. Protagonist man. Yeah, protagonist man. They made him like a space cowboy out of nowhere. Like he has a duster and everything. I'm like, what is going on in this goddamn show? <laughs> he went through a midlife crisis right there between did, seasons. But it's the episode where they introduce him as like a weird cowboy. It's also like a haunted Dracula mansion. I'm like, they're in space. What's going on? They're like, the commerce what? planet told us to come to the Dracula mansion. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't a Saban production? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the lighting in that episode felt like a Saban production. Did like, Flabber oh, show this. up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about Saban earlier today and how in the Power Rangers movie, when the Power Rangers show up at the construction site early on and they haven't met Ivan Ooze, but they know he's going to be there. And they walk up to some random construction worker. Is it Tommy or is it Kimberly? Someone asks the construction worker if they've seen, quote, a morphological being. (laughs) That word stuck out. I'm like, that's such Saban speak crap. (laughs) That line is etched into my mind because that tape was on loop in my house because my little brother... Yeah, yeah, just watch it but, all the time. But that was Kimberly who said it, right? That sounds like a Kimberly line. A morphological being. <laughs> if, well, if, if you had asked me, I'd say it's a Billy line. I, I, my mind was like, on Billy, but yeah. let's give Kimberly some good lines. It's, it's got yeah. more than three syllables. What are you kids doing here? Um, you haven't by any chance seen a morphological being lurking around here? Morphological being? Yeah. Was Billy in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was, he was replaced was at that point. No. I think he was one of the last to be replaced, okay. actually, from the original team. He was a little old to be hanging out with yeah. Alpha 5 by the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> He's putting Propecia in his uh, hair. <laughs> Dan, qu- a couple of questions. Sure. Number one, help me out. We were discussing Farscape before you came. All right. As who, an expert of Farscape, go. Who is the character that is a Jim Henson puppet who reminds me of Virgil from Mighty Max? Virgil from Mighty Max. Virgil is the, the owl? Yes. Um... The Jim Henson character. He's a small, wise, Yoda-like character. Okay. Oh, he's not oh, no, wise. But he's rude. That's right. He's, he's, he's actually very rude. He's a rude asshole. He's a disposed uh, monarch who... He claims he's a, dis- he's a disposed monarch. His name is Rigel. Uh, Rigel. But he's just this, he's just Thank this you. greedy little toad of a guy who just, like, if you die, get all your stuff. And he's always trying to steal stuff, like, when people are passed out unconscious. Like, he's sort of the comic relief, but, like... The last couple episodes, they sort of gave him an arc where it's like, oh, it sort of explains what he's doing. Um, yeah, Rigel. What you're describing is Rocket Raccoon just stole that. <laughs> Absolutely stole that. I, I th- want to say Rocket came first, though. And I'm sure the comics came oh, first, yeah. yes. Just like my second point was, Farscape was on back when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was at the same time when my, when my brother, who's one year older than me, Sean Murphy... Uh, he was playing Magic the Gathering, as one does in high school, and there was a saga going, there were expansions coming up back at that time called the the Weatherlight. There was one edition called Weatherlight, you could buy them, then the Phyrexians and the Phyrexian War, you could also buy them six months, eight months later, and they created a couple of characters and things in the Magic the Gathering to, to, so they could write books and write comics and things, and the main character named Gerard and his crew, the Weatherlight, were completely note for note stolen from Farscape. Mm. Every character had an analog to Farscape. And when you looked at them side by side, it was comically bad. There was a story recently. Uh, oh, Dan, fill me in on this. Uh, didn't D&D threaten to sue someone this week? Oh, yeah. Bethesda, the creators, of, not the creators, but now the owners of uh, Fallout. Yeah. But the creators of Elder Scrolls, um, they have an Elder Scrolls tabletop uh, game. And the writers from their Nordic studio straight lifted a D&D campaign word for word, except changed like adjectives like a Mad Libs. Like word for that's word. Terrible. Like, well, that's kind of how the Elder Scrolls came to be. It was just like these guys were just like, we really like D&D. We're going to like basically that, 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 that original game is kind of just a. Uh, 
Yeah, the original one is pretty much that. But like, if you took the paragraph of what Bethesda wrote and this D and D campaign, like, it takes one sentence to go, "Oh, this is fucking stolen." Oh yeah, it is definitely the most sci-fi show I've watched. I mean, Star Trek's very philosophical. Battlestar Galactica is very political. And this is just like, let's just go fucking have fun in space. Yeah, it's it's absolutely none of those things. I, I loved the ship was alive, and I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but there's an episode where the ship has a baby. That's season one, so that's okay. Not a spoiler. Yep, yeah. and the ship it turns into a little ship, and that ship, uh, yeah, I just grows finished, up to be a ship. Yeah. I just finished that arc with the cool the birth of the other ship, but it has guns attached to it because <laughs> the bad guys put guns in the ship's womb. Whoa, that is a plot point. <laughs> It's a and weird this is, show. This is a weird time for the Jim Henson company, isn't it? You know? One thing we all consumed recently was the premiere of my first feature film, Not for Resale. Yay. Which, congratulations. Uh, thank you. It was uh, it premiered the same night as Avengers Endgame. That's uh, right. Yeah, it was a Friday night at, uh, at the Somerville Theater as part of the 2019 Independent Film Festival of Boston. And it sold out. Can Avengers stay that? Probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, Avengers, the single biggest movie of all time, hyperbole free <laughs> against us. We, we did sell out uh, two days in advance. And uh, speaking of video game movies, that's why we're here. We're going to be discussing film adaptations of video games. We're uh, not going to get into documentaries like My Movie or King of Kong or... You know, this is, honestly, Kevin, please plug it because it's a documentary <laughs> about video games and video game yeah. consumption. Let's spend a good 60, 90 seconds before we dive into one of my favorites. But please, tell the people at home about... Because for us, it's been our day-to-day... You know, You've we, heard about this for two years. <laughs> we were less than a month... Oh, yeah, we are less than a month ago from we, yeah, yeah. The, the four people in this room, were in the theater, and it was awesome. Yeah. But please, let's let's tell people who've never had, never had a chance to hear about it yet. Yeah, I guess I'm always bugging you guys about it in some form or another. I've had you all fill out, like, feedback forms, Neil helped with the score. But yeah, I guess for our audience at home, we've never really talked about it on the podcast. Cause, no, not yet. Yeah, uh, Not For Resale is a documentary I uh, directed, edited, produced took about two and a half years to make, and it's about the end of physical media and the impact it is having on the video game industry. The movie uh, focuses closely on mom-and-pop retail, like independent uh, video game stores across the United States. We uh, went from East Coast to West, you know, up into Canada. You know, we stopped in as many states as we could to just talk to the families uh, that run these stores. And uh, we even got to go and talk to the people who made Rocket League over at Psionics about... uh, you know, why they got into the physical end of uh, game distribution well after their game Rocket League blew up on PSN and Steam and so forth. Um, but yeah, we have a trailer out there. If you go to gamestoredoc.com, you can learn what the movie's about in visual detail. And uh, yeah, it went over really well. Uh, the festival was wonderful. It was my first time showing a feature movie. I mean, you guys have all been present at or participated in screenings of uh, short films I've worked on before, but this was the first time it was like, hey, this is your theater. Yeah, this is hundreds of people who are here for this one thing I've made, and like most of the audience didn't know me from a hole in the ground, and it rained a lot that night. Oh, yeah, I forgot (laughs) about that. And Uh, thunder and lightning, too. Yeah, yeah. Not in the theater, though, so everyone was happy. Yeah, the theater was cozy. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, it was wonderful to screen uh, at, uh, you know, over at uh, Davis Square at the Somerville Theater. I'd love to do it again. We're hoping to screen the movie cross-country. We're waiting to hear back from certain festivals, uh, but it will be made publicly available... October, November this year. And what's the website again? GameStoreDoc.com. And the AOL keyword? AOL keyword, video game movie. 
Speaking of video game <laughs> movies, let's dig in. It'll be real great. So, ladies and gentlemen at home, depending on when this podcast comes out, it will still be in a universe where the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is coming out in November and Detective Pikachu has just come out. We have to discuss these movies in the same breath, but before we dive into the here and now, uh, let's talk about the history of video game movie adaptations, i.e. a movie based on a video game. There are so many at this point. There have been random periods in the last 20 years, 30 years, where like a sea of them will come out one year for one reason or another. We couldn't possibly talk about all of them. We didn't just want to have like a vague conversation about you know, the, the, this genre of movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we picked what we consider to be like the tent pole movies and we're going to go chronologically through them to talk about our experiences with them, their, their significance to the medium. If we'd seen them. Uh, and I think most of these, at least two of us have seen them. Mm -hmm. Um, the first movie we got to talk about is of course the super Mario brothers movie, which is not the first video game movie, right? Didn't, uh, did something else come out first? I believe this predates street fighter. Okay. That was the that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I think this predates Street Fighter by, if not a year, a couple months. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Now, for the kids at home who are unfamiliar with the '93 movie, this movie had a ton of money, because I would argue Super Mario, shy of like Pong or Pac Man or Donkey Kong, was the first intellectual property that someone who doesn't play video games knows who or what that is. They might not know how to pronounce it. They might not know what it is. Right. But they know that the kids are playing it. And uh, we're kids taking are playing those yeah. Mario kids. Yeah, right yeah. Away. Thank you for yes, that delightful. I don't know how one could possibly mispronounce Mario, but yes, <laughs> and yet Super Mario Brothers is said by. I know, I know quite a few people who say Mario. I um, want to say it's like a New York thing, because where else are you gonna actually yeah, know guys <laughs> named Mario? The, the first person I know, the first person that comes to mind who says Mario is from New Jersey. The person uh -huh. I'm thinking of, so maybe it is like I know our friend Joe is from New York. He says Mario sometimes, a little sheepishly because he knows it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen this movie numerous times. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dan and I recently got together to watch it with some friends, and every friend bailed. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they knew what we were in for. We knew what we were in for. Now, before Dan and I watched it together, I had this romantic idea in my head. Neil once defined the Super Mario Brothers movie to me in conversation as, oh, you know, if if think about it this way, Kevin, if there was no video game this was based on, if this exact same movie existed in a vacuum, it'd be this weird movie we all remember. It'd be like Big Trouble in Little China. You'd be like, oh, there's this crazy movie where yeah. Bob Hoskins is a plumber. And you know what? I subscribe to that idea. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Meyer Brothers movie. How bad could it be? How bad is this movie actually? In my mind's eye, I'm remembering the score and the actors and like the crazy good production value. Mm-hmm. And then Dan and I watched it, and it's trash. It's a really bad movie. <laughs> I never said it wasn't trash. I'm just saying that I know. it would become a more it would be a more strong and strange Cold memory film. and talking point than sure. anything yeah, it'd be else, like, really. Oh, did you see that movie with the Bob Hoskins Super Mario Brothers? Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. We don't know what it's about. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. There's an yeah. alternate universe where they were raised, they, their timeline is dinosaurs, and we are from mammals, and it's... It's in the same VHS section as 1997's Warriors of Virtue. 
We're a bunch of kangaroos or ninjas, and they're not. They're not Ninja Turtles. It's got Lance Hendrickson in it Turtles. for some reason. Yep. The, you see, it, it would be as if it were in the same vein of is where is a virtue based on a book or a comic book or a series of like no, it's just this weird thing that happened that they thought kids would be really into like mindful meditation and kangaroos, and they bombed. <laughs> No, there's two of those movies. God damn it. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's two I, Warriors of Virtue movies. I believe I... you. Let's all right, the beginning of Mario Brothers, there's a voiceover that's clearly an afterthought yes. explaining dinosaurs used to be around yeah, with a really crude accent. They knew Jurassic Park was gonna be a big deal and they had yes. they, they knew we need to hang our hat. Hey kids, dinosaurs are in this movie. Give us 20 minutes. We got dinosaurs. Dennis Hopper is a dinosaur. Is he? Yes, he literally becomes a dinosaur later. But he yeah. tells you, I come from dino- I come from directly a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's insane. This movie. He- <laughs> and when I inhale this nitrous oxide, I turn into a dinosaur. <laughs> Babs Blue Ribbon. Uh, man. All right. So Bob Hoskins is Mario Mario and John Leguizamo is Luigi Mario. They, they had, there's a delightful scene where they're booked. By the cops, uh, by <laughs> the these, dinosaur cops, the dino- by these these crazy nineties, uh, yeah, these insane characters. You could do a whole podcast on this oh, movie. Right. It's too vivid. There's too many fucking moving parts in this. There's movie. so many. You can swear in this amazing podcast, vertical oh, slices. There's really. so many amazing vertical slices of this movie. There is some icon. I wouldn't say iconic. There is some very stark, memorable imagery. They were like rewriting it on the fly. It's a mess. Of you got to read up on it. There's but, a lot of gimp outfits in this movie, which was very surprising on rewatching how many people were in tight leather like straps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we all see this in the theater? No. Oh, uh, I don't VHS think I after did. the Nope, this was a summertime. This was a analog babysitter for my brother and I. We watched it on VHS many times. Was this also the same summer as the Flintstones movie? 93. Yeah. I may have seen that instead. I don't know. I, I think I saw this in theaters. Okay. I think I saw this in theaters. It was but a heavy rental. I, I remember. Yes, I remember renting yeah. it at my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the reason. Now, why do we have to talk about this other than the fact it's, to our knowledge, the first like big screen video game adaptation movie. This movie didn't seem to dissuade other studios from making video game movies. Far from it. No. No, because like Street Fighter and Double Dragon came out the next year. The legacy of this movie is. It's a black sheep for Nintendo, right? Like they don't seem to like to talk about this movie because they were very, they didn't have a lot of influence on it. It's like Walt Disney smoking a cigarette. <laughs> There's more photos of Walt smoking than not, but the Disney Corporation is very, very hands-on about imagery and representation of their founding man, Walt. Nintendo loves the branding and imagery of their guys, Mario. Waluigi, Donkey Kong, you know, Ed, the, the cast of Super <laughs> Walu- Smash Walu- Brothers. Walu- is a weird one to throw <laughs> in. Was a, Waluigi is a better maintained piece of IP than Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked. Like how? Yeah, mu- yeah. Like how- that's true. Nintendo has their stable of intellectual properties, their characters, their Donkey Kong, their Waluigi, yada yada, and they keep them very, very protected. The way they are in Smash Brothers is the same way they are in Mario Kart. Is the same way they are in um the one of like the house party of all the mini games. Help me out, Mario, Mario party. party. Thank you. Of course, Terrible of course, it's called Mario Party. Games. Of course, uh, there's never gonna be some remake of Mario sixty four. Uh, where it's Dennis Hopper's giant blonde head, and you have to like throw a bomb at him. Now, let me make the clear for anyone listening at home: if you could program that game, we'll put you on the site. I swear to God, <laughs> if you could, I, if you could, um. If you could uh, model a realistic 
Bob Hoskins head that looks at you and you can pull his nose and stuff and like stretch his face out. What a I'd disrespect love that. to Bob Hoskins, <laughs> venerable actor Bob Hoskins. I'm just I, saying, I, think ca- I would. I think the cast of that movie is great. I think the oh, yeah I, John I Leguizamo brings a lot of fun to that picture. He's the best a, John Leguizamo role. Honestly. I like the costumes I, in it. I like the I like the production design. It's just it's a it's a it's a mess. Everyone agrees it's a mess, right? Yes. Is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it worth watching once? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Just to look at it, like I, yeah, it, it might be better if you watch it in a foreign language or something. Watch you know it I mean? and remember like, that white. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo for most of the picture are drunk while filming. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And they're just like winging it. Yep. And Bob Hoskins in Younger in Life was an acrobat and he did all his own stunts. He's a very physical actor. No kidding. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, but fun. he broke his arm in that film, actually. Oh, no. That's partly why I he was about drinking. That. During yeah. one of the stunts, oh, he, no. he fractured his arm. And it's in a cast for it. It's hidden a lot, especially when they're in the jumpsuit. I can't think but of a better him and, That's when him and Lugazamo started drinking on the picture. He must have been their first choice, right? I can't. I Danny DeVito. I, Danny DeVito. I mean, after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I can imagine a producer oh. going like, we should get the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that guy looks like he can jump real high. No, but like, that guy, like he'll fit the bill. <laughs> I love the fact that John Leguizamo's as Luigi kills Dennis Hopper as King Koopa, just as John Leguizamo's as a poor person kills Dennis Hopper at the end of Land of the Dead about the zombies. <laughs> it's, right. That's right. There's two films where John Leguizamo's kills Dennis Hopper, and they're both uh, real mm, satisfying moments. Moments. <laughs> Moving on to 1994's yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, so this is a year and a half later. It's December 23rd, 1994, just shy of the anniversary of the birth of Christ. We have Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> That's a weird segue. I haven't seen Street Fighter the movie. Neil, have you seen it? I'm about, I, I, I can't tell. I'm going over my memories and I can't remember <laughs> if I watched it without paying attention a few years ago or if I just uh, watched some clips on YouTube of uh, just the Ra- Raul Julia parts. Yeah. Um, and you're like, what the fuck? Kylie Minogue's in this? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. She has a long career. The longer you look at that movie, the crazier it gets. But I have no affinity for the Street Fighter games. Although, so I was never interested as a kid or, or in the movie. What about although, you, Ryan? Although I would love to answer you with a classic Raul Julia M. Bison, of course. Yeah. The answer, that would be a lie. No, I didn't see all of Street Fighter. But our guest, Dan, ha- did see it. Of course. <laughs> Dan, you're the only person who's seen this movie. Yeah, I, I rented this a couple times. And not just on the podcast. This movie was a huge bomb. <laughs> so you're the man who saw this movie. I am. I also saw The Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, but that's many years later. With Kristen Kruick. With Kristen Kruick and um, Chris Klein. Um, yeah, no, I rented this movie a lot on VHS, and I kind of loved it. It's it's so campy and fun and bad. And it's a, a bad movie when you have the most American character in video games, Guile, played by French as fuck Jean-Claude Van Damme, trying to be like with giant uh, American flags on his biceps and being like, I'm going to kick Bison's ass. That's Arnold. I can't do a (laughs) Jean-Claude. He's hard to do. Now, so what is the tonal difference? Like, by and large, people like the Street Fighter movie or they hate it? Or is it just kind of like... it's pitiful. Like, what's the? It's just fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun. Stupid. Like, okay. Because most people would say the Mortal Kombat movie is better. Most Mortal people, Kombat movie is better, but it's also fun. Yeah. It is, but I think for me, like Raul Julia, like there's a whole scene where it's just like he's trying to get Vega and uh, and um, all the bad guys together. He's like, "Don't worry, come into my new land, and you'll be rich as thieves." And then at the very end, it's just like. Well, how are we be rich with bison bucks? <laughs> I was literally gonna. I've recently, like since 
since Christmas, rewatch the scene of poor Raul Julia. Please enlighten us of Raul Julia's plan. Oh my God. It's, it's a land grab plan. And it's, it's been a while, so I'm going to get this really wrong, but he's essentially invading third world countries to then ransom them from the UN for millions of dollars for more land, which then he will control as dictator and then use his own currency. Again, bison bucks, which is just like every bison buck is worth like 10,000 American dollars. And they send in Van Damme to beat him up. They, they say, Well, he's part of the UN peace committee. Of course. And they're actually like, you can't go in there, Van Damme, because there's hostages and you're going to cause a thing. And he's just like, no, I'm going to go kick bison's ass. Yeah. Is this the plot of the game? No, not this. The game has so many like different plots for each character. This tries to make like an amalgamation of if they all made sense together. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's no plot to the game, right? There's backstories for the characters. There's, there's a plot if you can count the Street Fighter Alpha series, but that came oh, out okay, like okay. post the movie. So the reason I wanted to talk about this and Mortal Kombat almost the same breath, because Mortal Kombat came out less than a year later, mm-hmm. August 95. Everyone here has seen the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie is like actually a good movie like if there was yeah if there was not a game franchise this would be a crazy kung fu movie with christopher lamb christopher lambert christopher lambert yeah. lambert another guys, muscle man with a dope. weird accent which <laughs> we fucking loved back then it was it's it's entertaining like it's not it's got cool effects it's yeah. weird it, well, it's also, like, now the, the difference i think between street fighter and mole combat because they both seem to take themselves not too seriously? Well, well I think Mortal Kombat takes itself more seriously than Street Fighter. Agree. Yeah. I'd say. But it's also, the thing about this is Mortal Kombat is so lore heavy. I'm talking the games now. Yeah. The games, they don't have the most amazing stories in the world, but they, they are the equivalent of someone picking up two toys in a sandbox and hitting them into each other. Like, oh, I got my blue ninja and my cowboy. <laughs> Let's watch exactly them fight. exactly what it is. And like Street Fighter, it, it was more, des- uh, how do I put this? Street Fighter... Is more popcorn, but Mortal Kombat is more like album cover, right? Like I'm talking about just the games now. Before we get okay. into the adaptations, and it just seems like in with the movie, they didn't have to do as much work to make Mortal Kombat into a single plot line. Like they didn't have to like to converge as much. Well, from what I remember from Mortal Kombat, is it did have, it did have a simple story, which was played in the attract mode in the arcade. Um, but the story that they use in the movie, like this is the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament. And if we lose, you know, Outworld can invade. Bingo. That came in from the movie. That was not in the game. Oh, really? And then the game went, oh, that's pretty good. We'll just take that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Now there's stakes. Like, yeah, yeah there's stakes. Okay, so film. I was way off then. I just, I, I'm trying to figure out what it is about the, I mean, you could just say a more competent director. Anderson did it. Uh, one of the Paul Andersons. <laughs> uh, Ryan mentioned earlier, you know, Nintendo will never ever address or bring back. There will never be a Dennis Hopper skin for Koopa and Smash Brothers, right? Right. But the new Mortal Kombat actually makes winks and nods. The new Mortal Kombat game, which probably costs like $70, $80 million to produce, actually cast, was it Shang Tsung? Shang Tsung, yep. Shang Tsung from this 1995 movie. In the new game. There's lines from the movie that like Johnny Cage and Sonya yeah. and, you know, Liu Kang say. Yeah, there's references and some of the levels have, you know, some of the imagery and things. And yeah, apparently the menu by which you go through um, unlocking things. My brother told me this. I played the <laughs> game yet. It's expensive. I'm going to borrow it when great. it's done. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I played it. It's good. Uh, is the weird place with the, the crazy statues when you meet Goro in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Goro's a crazy character. <laughs> For those of you who don't know at home... Prince Goro has four arms. That's his thing. <laughs> and that's end of sentence. He, he's Goro from a, Latin for four or something. I don't, yes. 
<laughs> he's from a subterranean part of of Outworld, and he's oh, he's that's the thing about Goro. He's the penultimate uh, guy in classic Mortal Kombat. He's the second to last guy. The last guy is Shang Tsung. He is a sorcerer and he is a shapeshifter. So really, at the end of not only does Shang Tsung have his own moves, but you can he turns into everybody else. So at any moment he could turn into Sub Zero or Raiden or yourself. And you know, so he can he has he turned to me. He could turn to you, Dan. Oh shit! He's Shang Tsung. That's uh, like like a that's like a, that's like a creepy pasta right there. I also think of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat movies within the same vein, the same breath. But Mortal Kombat has the song, yeah. which was made for the movie. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Which it's, it's awesome. They just used for the final tra- trailer for the latest game, which is was crazy to me because the creators have gone and saying they hate this song. They, like, don't, they hate yep, the Mortal really. Kombat song, and then to finally use it in this trailer for this Mortal Kombat, which. Some are speculating it might actually be the last Mortal Kombat for quite some time um, as they move on to other properties, um, which is like, whoa, holy shit, they're finally acknowledging they're the song. It. Yeah. it was so good. I want that remix. There's a really cool movie that's not out yet, so I shouldn't even bring it up, but it's called Insert Coin, and it's a documentary about the history of Midway Games. And Midway, oh, cool. Midway made Mortal Kombat, and the director, Josh, let me watch an early screener of it, and they get into some awesome behind-the-scenes material of how they... Learn, you know, they were they were the front runners midway of when it came to digitizing actors to make sprites and that kind the of motion thing. capture for yeah. And they talk a lot about like the inside baseball politics of when that movie was coming out and what it meant to the creators because yeah, like they they were wrestling with it. like this is our baby and like video games make all this money. Mortal Kombat made so much money as a video game. The movie made 122 million. I think that's domestic. It only cost 18 million to make. Good for them. Now Street Fighter cost 35 million to make and didn't break 100 million. So like that'll give you an idea. Like Mortal Kombat, I just remember that movie being a much bigger deal. My my father brought me and my sister to see it on like a weekend. Um, I didn't own a Mortal Kombat game. I think I played the first one with my brother, and it scared me. <laughs> uh, like just like like this thing about the first game's animations on Sega Genesis. It's just scary looking. But the movie is like how do I describe? It's not rated R, right? No. But it's got a little bit of a MTV teenage feel. Exactly. No, it's it's rated PG thirteen if I recall correctly. Which is basically R when you're under when you're, 13. When you're, yeah. when you're ten, that's a rated R movie. Yeah. It wants you to think it's an R rated movie. It wants you to. It wants a child to think that. Let it be known that again, we could spend a whole podcast discussing Mortal Kombat and the sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Which I wanted to mention. That's not on our. Uh, it's not on our agenda today. It ain't gonna be. But. <laughs> I've seen about half an hour of that movie. You've seen it And enough. it was while we were working on Computer Fighters, so I was kind of watching it through the lens of, Search. does this have the right kind of bad special effects that I could take inspiration oh, all right, from? All right. yeah. so it, it actually it was totally scratched related. that itch. As a person who loves really bad uh, special effects from all, all eras of film, this one is the most 1997 example. Super sloppy, co- like compositing, like bad black compositing, levels are all over the place. Bad, weird, puppet-like CGI. Yeah. I need to watch the rest of the movie to see if it holds up to that because I was totally enjoying it as a so bad it's, it's good kind of bad, bad yeah, green yeah, yeah. screen rear projection the, the scene that's popping in my mind right now is when Sonya's running away from the exploding I, robot I, I, yeah Cyrax and then, yeah and then she jumps towards the camera and she's just this really bad fake explosion green screen behind her how do you not love that how, how, you can't call that bad <laughs> the reason we talk about Mortal Kombat and we want to talk about it so much is it is most people seem to think at least up until this year 
that was the good one. That was the good video game movie. Yeah, the reptile effect sucks. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Everyone thought. Everyone thought after Terminator Two, oh, I can do that. Like, <laughs> but like that for the longest time, that was kind of the only one worth watching more than once. And it's Dan and I. We 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 were both at a movie watching party in Waltham years ago. We watched that and the Power Rangers movie back to back, and they were both. Uh, I mean, Power Rangers movie's worse, but like the Mortal Kombat movie was a great capper for the night. That's a good pizza and beer movie. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the movies we're talking about aren't even fun, you know, with, with a, with a <laughs> bunch really of people not. getting intoxicated or watching it for the sake of being bad. Of the three that we've talked about so far, Mortal Kombat is the best movie, right? Uh, between Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat, I think most people would say Mortal Kombat's the breadwinner. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is the best movie, but if you have not seen Raul Julia play M. Bison, he's amazing. just yeah. go... Watch YouTube it. that, watch yeah. every scene with him. And it was his final role, right? It was sadly his final role. And I believe his children convinced him to do it because they enjoyed the games. And he went, okay, sounds like I'll do this for my kids. Sure. <laughs> I feel like I hear that. Like Dennis Hopper was Bowser in Super Mario because he's like, oh, my kids want to do it. I feel like a lot of actors say that's, that. That's the, role the same thing. Uh, yeah, Bob Oskin also had the same excuse. And I think they're just like... Let's just tell the press we did this for. Let our me just kids. blame yeah. my kids. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Connery said his grandkids convinced him to do the voice of another James Bond for uh an, for another video game. Well, okay, Neil, Neil okay. You, you asked like if this was the best one so far, yeah. and I think most people would say yeah, Mortal Kombat 1995 is the best video game movie, period. So yeah, it's best. It's well, best I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, hold because on. I, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was thinking like, well, let's do kind of an earnest roulette thing. Let's figure <laughs> out what what the best. Are we going to rank we these? No, no, but okay. we should be here all night. Well, let me Just okay. Like informally. Now the next movie, all of us had to have seen this. Po- I did see this in theaters. Yes. Pokemon, the first movie. Yes. Which is a title very similar to Doug's first movie. <laughs> However, Doug's first movie is rather presumptuous that he's going to have more. Spoiler alert. And Doug's first movie doesn't have the subtitle Mewtwo Strikes Back. They both came out in 1999. That's is it, unfortunate. Is this called Pokemon the first movie? Seriously? Yeah. Yes. It is. Okay, great. Well, it was like, it's basically an ad, it's two Pokemon movies shoved together. Yep. It's a, it's a short with no dialogue where with Pikachu exploring a, it's actually really pretty. It's, it's an episode of a TV the, show, I think. Uh, it must be. It's about the same length, but it's, it's animated much better than the show. Yeah. It's Pikachu, uh, and, and other Pokemon exploring the delightful world of Pokemon. Which one's Pikachu? <laughs> I remember very little from my experience. I remember being movie. needlessly emotional. Yes. Stupid. And I thought it didn't look good. Even when I was 12, I remember in the theater going, huh. Like, this isn't quite up. I remember it not feeling like a movie. Yeah, look, it's, apparently it's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the title's a lie. Knowing the quality of the of animation for the television show, this should have been a lot better, and it's not much better. It's not. What about the second movie, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon the movie two thousand, with the the ancient birds? Uh, I, I, I don't remember that one that I well. I wonder if that one was really a movie and not just two short movies stuck together. But, uh, Pokemon the first movie, the opening of the movie is Mewtwo. You learn Mewtwo is it being created in the lab, and he's in this weird containment thing of like bubbles and fluid, like a, a specimen, like a tyrant in Resident Evil 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same kind of imagery as Genova in Final Fantasy 7 before yeah. Sephiroth lets her out. And then I watched the very beginning of the 1999 Sonic the Hedgehog movie, in which we see Mecha Sonic, the robot Sonic. Uh, being built, he's also in a weird little pool of light by duh, Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of heartfelt weird stuff in in uh, Pokemon, the first movie. Uh, Neil, perhaps you recall, because you actually incorporated some of this dialogue in your own work, 
uh, Herman Cain's concession, <laughs> concession speech from his presidential run. Have you heard of this, Dan? No, I've not. Oh, no. man. Fill him in. Was it his concession speech? It or? was. Yeah. And I think for the, for the boys and girls at home, we're too young for this one. Herman Cain ran for president and he committed a lot. He, he, he There's a lot of allegations against him and they're all true. He ran for. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's any presidential candidate these days. Yes. That is I cr- hope yeah. not. <laughs> Herman Cain was a ridiculous human being who ran a, a series of pizza stores and his whole shtick was saying 999 nine, nine for the stupid tax plan that didn't work. And it came back recently too. I know right? and I'm not I'm not going to let it. Herman Cain quoted Pokemon the movie when yeah. he quoted lyrics from the oh, end Oh, I have credits. heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the quote is actually from Mewtwo. And I thought uh, it was. I thought it was actually from a song that was on the soundtrack. No, it's actually it's Mewtwo's cathartic moment at the end. It's sort of his Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. moment of realizing the the circumstances of one's birth that do not dictate the Paul. You know, you know, not to judge people based on the, where they're from, but who they are and their character. So it's a uh, good message. It's actually actually that's right. That's not the line he uses. Her, that's not the line Herman Cain used. It's the one that John Stewart on The Daily Show addressed is actually a better line than the one he should have used. Uh, apparently, okay. apparently, it might be a quote from Pokemon the movie 2000. Oh, But yeah. still. it's Well, it was reported, <laughs> oh, he's quoting the Pokemon movie. Yeah. Almost accurate. Well, I don't know where he got the quote, though. Like, <laughs> Maybe his speechwriter was like his kid or something. I'm sure yeah, you could read this. Up. So that, that movie, that, uh, we all saw that in theaters, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Did we all get the trading card they gave away? I still have it. It's an ancient Mew. So like you paid like well, that $10. Brings me, that yeah. brings me to my point, which is I feel like this, uh, it's almost a cheat to call this a video game movie uh, because by that point it was already a multimedia thing with a TV show and trading cards and yeah. toys. And it, it doesn't, I mean, it, it takes place in the same universe as the Game Boy games. Oh, no, 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 no. It's from the anime. anime. It's, own it's the anime. Though. It's from the oh, anime okay. TV show. It's from the right. TV show. But I mean, at that point, it was kind of following Giovanni's a character in the game, and you know, like Mewtwo's. Yeah, it's like a game. loose adaptation. But what's your, yeah. p- your point is that it didn't feel like enough of a step to be be labeled the movie. It didn't feel like, hey, they're turning that video game into a movie. It felt like, oh, they're. T- now there's the Pokemon movie as well as a Pokemon this. I mean, yeah, they did, they basically just took some of the anime and shuffled it together into yeah. like the bare minimum length, like eighty something minutes. Yeah, and like yeah, like I believe Roger Ebert during I looked up his review earlier today, and mm-hmm. he was basically picking it apart the way I kind of sometimes will pick Pokemon apart, and he's like, yeah. I don't understand the point of this. There's no point to this movie. You know, you're right. It's just action and violence and colors and noise. It's not a story. It has nothing to say to the imagination, nothing to say to the heart, and nothing to say to the mind. We're taking our kids and we're giving them basically entertainment junk food. The entire point of Pokemon is to consume more Pokemon, right? Like that's, yeah. that's like a paraphrasing of what Ebert said. And yeah, that's even as like a 12 year old, I kind of felt that walking out. I'm like, I don't think anything really happened in this movie. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, I, the anime I always thought was fine because it felt like a sports, like a coming of age sports. Yeah. Adventure. Karate Kid yeah, kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or over the top or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I always love Jesse and James. They're crazy oh, characters. They're I could yeah. do without Meowth, full disclosure. <laughs> I, I don't care for Meowth. Why should this be on our list of movies to talk about? Is, is it because we, I mean, we all saw it. It was a big deal, right? Yeah. People were yeah. talking yeah. about it that that uh, that November. Man, the next time a video game movie really moved the needle for me was when the Tomb Raider movie came out in 2001. Well, 
Yep. Uh, this is a footnote, but there was the Final Fantasy movie. Do you have any thoughts Spirits on Within? that? Spirits Within? Spirits Within. Oh, man. I oh, remember yeah. seeing a lot of the trailers for it and being like, I'm not interested in that in the slightest as a 10-year-old boy. As I saw it, my, my brother and my dad, my dad took us to see it. It felt in the same universe, uh, you know, because there's themes in all the Final Fantasy stories, but it is its own thing. At the time, it was I was blown away by how cool it could look. I'm sure that it stays better as a memory than for me to go watch it again. Ebert really liked it. He gave it a three and a half out of four. It was good. They didn't try to take an, you know, an RPG into uh, and translate into a two-hour movie. Like Final Fantasy Advent Children that is like lame and boring and just masturbatory. I can say I that. I watched fan that on service. a bus and I felt embarrassed watching that on that bus. <laughs> That's, I, think I, I think I got shamed. it. I, I got a copy of Final Fantasy The Spirits Within at Blockbuster used for $4. It was like a buy two, get one free thing. Huh. And I think I got like that and like Hollow Man or something. <laughs> Kevin uh, Bacon Hollow Man? Yeah. Is there another Hollow Man? Oh, there's a sequel, isn't there? Yeah, it I think so. stars... "Quote unquote," Christian Slater. <laughs> I never oh, saw him. Man, I, I kind of want to check that out. Don't. But uh, neither did he, because he's all. They, okay. they spent a ton of movie. Uh, they spent like at the time it was like I think it was like 140 million to make Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. In the U.S., it made 32 million. Oh, oh no! Worldwide, it made 85. I didn't realize it did that bad. I heard it did bad. It, it, I know it has James Woods, and I don't know if any. Anyone... Alec Baldwin's the villain. Oh, Alec Baldwin's in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember at the time thinking it looked kind of cool, but. Even by, I mean, now in 2019, it's, it's, you know, it's quaint. Like the look of that movie, I can, if if I'm playing like Uncharted 4, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the in-game visuals feel more lively and animated than the the, the staticness of Final Fantasy, the spirits of them. But I I think that's a good point that we, we should talk about. This should be in the discussion because it is a relevant movie. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's similarly technically an adaptation, but it really doesn't, adapt it's hollywood trying to figure out it's not even hollywood it's 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 a company trying to figure out how to make a movie out of a video game yeah and when you're looking at the science experiments that these movies were like the Mario brothers movie is like oh yeah we'll just make you know a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) like here are the ingredients it's got al silvestri did the score right dan Yes, for the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Yes. yes okay. Oh my god, the production designer from uh, Blade Runner, and uh, <laughs> like they just threw all these ingredients in. Like, yeah, go, go make a movie. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within is throwing like a ton of money at a CG film, and, and at the time, you know, coming off the PlayStation One, Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, and Nine, the cutscenes, the an- like the FMVs, the animated movies that bridged like the gameplay sequences always felt like the carrot in the end of the stick at the time. Totally. You had to earn them. Yeah, and like Resident Evil 2, when you'd first see the liquor, you're like, oh, man, that movie where I got to see the liquor is incredible looking. Yeah, that, that helicopter just dropped off Mr. X. Uh-oh, yeah. what's going to happen now? Let's yeah. make a whole movie that, like, like, let's make a whole, like, 90-minute movie. That that was, it was a failed experiment because clearly nobody wanted to watch that. Didn't people like that Final Fantasy VII movie they made, though? That's what I was That's what children? talking about. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. No, people who enjoy going to Anime Boston liked it. People who like wearing zippers maybe like that movie. <laughs> and I don't want to judge, but I I just did, and I am. Um, Advent Children is yes a word I will use again, but only a word I don't get to use enough in my civilian life. Masturbatory. It's okay. G- gross fan fiction. So, the next movie on our list, we uh, have to talk about this guy. Yeah, or this lady. Yeah, is so the Tomb Raider games were huge. Tomb Raider. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, 2001. Ju- Thank you, Kevin. June 15th, 2001. Did you guys all see the I Tomb Raider movie? I've not seen Tomb Raider. I don't with... think I have, actually. Daniel Craig is in it. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Really? Yeah, for wow. real. Yeah. John Voight's in it. Angelina Jolie's in it. <laughs> Together. 
I saw it in theaters. Not anymore. My uh, sister and I were visiting my grandmother down in Florida, and she wanted to find something fun for us to do. So she's like, oh, let's go to the movies. She brought us to the movies, and Tomb Raider was in theaters. We saw it. My sister and I did not like it, but we didn't say anything mean, so we wanted our grandmother to feel good that we went to the movies. Good. And I distinctly remember walking back to the car after the movies, and my grandmother going, well, that was fun, right? Like, she couldn't read us, and we were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and we had nothing to say about it. It's, I, I, it's, it's you know, it's just kind of like a poor man's Raiders. You know, it's, it's exactly yeah, exactly what, yeah, not as good as the Mummy. It probably isn't. I haven't seen the no, Mummy. No, it's absolutely oh. not the yeah. Brendan Fraser Mummy. Correct. People love that movie. I, I love that. I love that movie love and that. its sequel. I would no. rather talk about Brendan Fraser's <laughs> Mummy Scorpion than. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 which Mummy sequel counts? I, I've never the seen. Mummy Returns. The other one takes place, I think, in, in, in yeah, the Chinese Mummy. It came out like a little later than Korean? you think. Yeah. I, I think it's China. once Rachel Wise is like, I'm too big for this. Yeah. So and, Rachel Wise didn't come back. So Tomb Raider is always kind of a dirty secret because for for teenage boys because of, and we're also talking about the early days of Lara Croft. Yeah, I've never played the original game, but does it have a story or yes, character? yes? And actually, they're challenging and they're fun. And uh-huh. I'd forgotten. I actually like I, I never played Tomb Raider back in the day, but I recently bought Tomb Raider one and two off the PlayStation Network. Just they're like ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. and um. I didn't really. I had. I'm having a lot of fun with them. Whenever I, I've, I've played through like half the first one and like an hour or two of the second one, and um, I'm a huge fan of like low poly, like 3D platformers. Mm-hmm. Like I love Mario 64. I love Crash Bandicoot. I love all that stuff. And there's something similar here in those first games where like this the the exploration, the sense of navigating through a 3D space is so fun and re- that's the reward. That's the gameplay of those Tomb Raider games. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like I've only I've only played one and two. Um, I've heard they get worse and worse until they rebooted the series. They unfortunately did. Yeah. Uh, the first one is about Lara Croft finds a series of artifacts all over the world that you find out at the end are actually going to unlock the ancient city of Atlantis. They're all Atlantean artifacts that, that the villain that's been funding the whole time, spoiler alert, um, wants to raise Atlantis again and take over the world. And Lara Croft stops her. There's like some supernatural crap in that first movie. I didn't see the second one. And that's the one with Gerard Butler. And she's got like a wingsuit, like a flying raccoon. That's all I remember from the trailers for the second one. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is these are adaptations of the title or are they adaptations of the, like... Is it based off Tomb Raider 1 or 2? Is is there even like elements of her character that made it into the movie? Or is it really just she's a woman, she dresses like this? No, no, no. no, She's like like a a British aristocrat, her father, and like like Croft Manor and all that. I I remember that being... Yeah. yeah. Okay. And apparently the new movie that came out not too long ago with Nick Frost and uh, the actress from uh, uh, Deus Machina. Uh, I can't remember her name. No one saw this movie. Uh-huh. Came out in 2018, March of 2018. Uh, Helen, not Helena Bonacarter, but something. Mirren. Yeah, Helen Mirren is Lara Croft. People would watch that, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Old Lara Croft. The 2018 Cro- Terminator movie stars Alicia. <laughs> Terminator movie? <laughs> Vikander. Uh, no, we're talking about Terminator. Uh, the new, that's the 2018 movie. But um, that movie is ba- is distinctly based on the reboot of the Tomb Raider franchise. Mm-hmm. Whereas this first movie was kind of just like a vague, like treasure hunting movie. I, I mean, it has a plot, right? But it's not, I, to my knowledge, it's not based off a specific game. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I didn't see the second one. The first movie was a big hit, uh, grossed almost 300 million worldwide, which is pretty damn good. Um, probably 
launched Angelina Jolie into like superstardom. She was like famous before that for like Girl Interrupted and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Hackers. Like hackers. But this was the movie Go- that... The remake of Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among other... Th- You're right. As much as Angelina Jolie was a famous actress and she had name recognition and people people knew who she was, she wasn't a leading role. And Tomb Raider is, is a leading role for her. So yeah, it was pretty big for her. This next movie... Makes me angry. This movie is kind of a bummer. It's Resident Evil. Oh. From 2002. There are how many Resident Evil movies? Seven? Seven. Neil, have you seen this movie? I haven't seen a single one of these Resident Evil movies. Good. (laughs) I've seen four of them. Uh I only saw the first one, and I saw it in theaters. Ryan, did you see it in theaters? Yes. Now, Ryan and I really like Resident Evil, particularly the old ones, the old, like, borderline point-and-click adventure games. The ones that, they, they are third-person character, that you do move the character around, but they might as well be, like, Maniac Mansion and stuff like that. I really like Well, they're, they're closer to Alone in the Dark, which was an adventure game, but it was a, uh, a survival game. Uh, Ryan and I love that stuff. We both, I mean, I, Dan, you also, you, you did you play the remake of 2? I, play, I recently played the remake we did, of Yeah, two. we talked about, yeah, that game's great, right? Well, Resident Evil, the movie, was my first introduction into Resident Evil. I never played the original game. Terribly games. sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Resident 2's great. Like, the remake is great, but this movie... I remember being in the theater with my friends Brendan and Joe, and uh, the lights were going down, and uh, Joe was like, I'm not going to lie, I don't know anything about Resident Evil. I know there's zombies, but what's the story? And I proceeded to tell them the ABCs of Resident Evil. Yep. The lights went down, the movie happened, the lights went up, and Joe said, Kevin, that had fuck all to do with what you just said. <laughs> so a group of like super FBI agents called STARS, their helicopter breaks, they, their helicopter sk- leaves when they're looking for their other team, and they have to survive the night in a haunted mansion until the helicopter comes back. Yes. And horror ensues. Yes. You're right. We got none of that. Yeah. There's like, there is like a mansion and there's a laboratory under it. And there is a company called Umbrella that makes like a virus that there are zombies in that movie, right? Yes. <laughs> that's how There's bad a liquor it is. in that movie too. There's a liquor, but that's and like yeah. zombie dogs. And zombie dogs. But like the, now the thing is the movie regardless of what we think about it. That movie was a huge hit. They made so many of them. They all made they all made a good amount of money. Huge like in out like just just like return on investment alone. The people that produced those movies did their fiscal duty. <laughs> They, they realized, like, okay, uh, Resident Evil, uh, how do we, like, westernize this some more? Uh, we'll put in, like, a, like a model. <laughs> Mila Jovovich. <laughs> yep. So is this, this is Paul W.S. Anderson who did Yes, this. who made also Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Um, he was married to Mila Jovovich, right? Yeah. They were, like, these were, like, pet oh. projects for the two of them. So he saw the That's... fifth element and went, hmm, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's well, up. Well, what I've always liked about these movies in concept was knowing that a married team was making, like, this this whole like cottage industry of of a, movies. A spouse was keeping another spouse employed, and vice versa. Yeah, I always thought like, well, that's kind of cute. Got... It's a family affair, yeah. and then they got divorced, <laughs> and they stopped making those movies. So, but yeah. I remember just like from a distance being like, you know what? They've got a niche that's nice. They can keep doing that and just uh, stay out of the rest of movies. Do you think that was in like the divorce, like in the prenup, like no one can make another Resident Evil. Like you can't direct one, you can't star in one. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. They... The thing that, I think it's the thing ridiculous. that I think the thing that frustrates Ryan and I about this movie, because again I didn't see any of the other ones, is Resident Evil seems real easy to translate into a movie. Yeah, yeah, like it, like they're very story heavy. Even even the very first game, which is like terrible voice acting and such, it just seems so ba- like simple to translate. Like the, I don't know if you know much about the first Resident Evil, Neil. Uh, there's a mansion in the woods outside of Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. 
and people have been reporting to the cops like, hey, there's some weird stuff going on in the woods near this mansion. Like, like um, a few people have gone missing. Um, uh, dogs are going missing. So, Strange animal attacks. Yeah. So the cops go over there and then some of these cops don't come back. So like these super cops are called in. <laughs> stars. It's like a SWAT team. Right? Yeah. Instead of SWAT, it's stars. Special tactics and rescue squad. Yeah. Yep. And the stars, and you play as one of the stars members that goes in to see what's going on. And you realize that Get this, Neil. You could be a boy or a girl. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And it's in 3D. And the, uh, the plot of the game is basically you get there and there's like an outbreak of this virus. It turns out there's a lab under this mansion. It's owned by a company and they've been making, yeah, genetically engineering like super viruses for wars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very common plot at the time, I think. But uh, it the outbreak causes zombies. There's also monsters that are the result of other viruses breaking out and so forth. There's giant spiders. There are yeah. these like lizard people called hunters that are like really. St- there's chimera that are just like crazy, like almost like Cronenberg, uh, like Jeff Goldman from The Fly type things, yeah, like, just, like climb up the walls and there's scary sharks sounds, and stuff. Like, yeah, because I was gonna say like I was gonna ask. Well, maybe is the plot like a little too derivative of something else? So they wanted to make the movie really I, different. I, I don't. But that think sounds like sounds that kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing about those games is there's a lot of isolation. Uh-huh. It's just yes. you in like an empty house walking around the creek of the wood. Like you're always waiting for it to turn a corner and have like a monster be there or something. Mm-hmm. And you're going into this movie thing, and I'm gonna get a horror film. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get like Mila Jovovich with a gun. Like, you know, breathing quietly, looking around corners, because that's, that's you know, a good horror movie has tension. This movie's not a horror movie. It's a music video. It, it's it, Totally. It has the same tone as that first Mortal Kombat movie. And that just didn't play well for us. It did, but it made Is it sh- Matrix-inspired? Oh, that? hell yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of 360 camera work. Did it steal work. from the Matrix? <laughs> you are correct. Well, yeah, there's your problem. I, I think they, maybe at one point in production, wanted it to be a horror movie. Maybe it had a different director attached. And someone said, it has to be a Matrix thing, because that's what we're doing now. Let it be known, I did minimal research here, and starting in 2002's Resident Evil, there's then Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, Resident Evil The Final Chapter. Let's hope so. And, and they, they haven't got, done one since. That was 2016. And they I have, feel like usually when they say final chapter, there's another or one reboot right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they remake or reboot the Resident Evil franchise. If they did, I would prefer something on par with The Ritual, that movie on Netflix we were talking yes. about earlier. Like like a like a conservative budget, like few actors, you know. You know, a creature feature, man. Like, mm-hmm. come on. It doesn't even have to be really a zombie movie. You know, what I've told people when I've discussed the Resident Evil movies is if you don't let the Resident... If you love the Resident Evil games, you love that tone, you love that feel, you love survival horror, like Silent Hill or Bioshock or good survival horror, uh, play the Resident Evil Revelations games. Yeah. Those are more cinematic than the original movie, the original games, and the, Res- the Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 are just solid, fun survival horror. Are there any movies that you feel did kind of capture the Resident Evil feel? Mm. Not off the top of my head, and that's disappointing. It, 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 <laughs> I, I could, I mean, I could give you broad strokes stuff. Yeah. Just like quiet, you know, people in the woods trying not to, you know, like, yeah, or like yeah. a good zombie movie, of course. Maybe a little 28 Days Later in terms yes. of tension. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps it's time to move on to old, old classic game, but a 2005 movie starring Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Carl Urban. And yeah. Ca- that's and Rosemary right. Pike. Yeah. October 21st, 2005, Doom. Not to jump ahead too far, but one of our patrons wrote in for the Q&A segment later on, and Hateburn asked, 
What did you like about the Doom movie, and why was it the first-person sequence? <laughs> there is an extended first-person sequence during the finale of the Doom movie, and it's I think it's entertaining as hell. I think it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's both. You're both right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's at the time I was like, well, that's there's too little, and it doesn't even look very good. It looks like Area 51. Yes. Oh man. But I'm also just like the uh, the audacity of it is pretty entertaining. Now, out of out of all of us, I'm probably the biggest Doom fan here, right? I don't know. I. I I appreciate it and I love it and I've played it. I, I'm embarrassed. I think it's important for the ladies and gentlemen at home to know. I didn't see it yet. It's been on the back 2005. I guess I've been. <laughs> I, I guess it's been on the burner for a while. Yeah, yeah. Go, go into it. My advice is this, Ryan. Doom 2005, I think, has a lot in common with Mortal Kombat 1995. It is half interested in giving you the movie it should be, and half interested in just being dumb fun. And it's like a like a C plus Predator knockoff. Cool. All right. Yeah. You've, that's that's. So you watched the whole movie. Cool. I, I have, and I, you know, I. It's such a missed opportunity because what I love about the Doom game, and it's almost an accident that they even came to this as the premise for Doom. But it is a sci-fi movie. It's 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 Event Horizon. It's a sci-fi movie where hell gets opened up, and they should have just done that. Don't let Event Horizon own it because that's a very different style of movie. This is a great setup for an action movie. Well, they based off the third game, which had a different premise from the first two games. Yeah, see, I've never played the third I, game. I, so I've, I've played Doom 1, Final Doom, Doom 3, and the 2014 16. 2016 game. 2016 game is the only one I finished. Mm-hmm. I really like that game. Doom 3 I played most of. I enjoyed it. Um, and when I saw the movie, I didn't expect them to adapt that. But I guess they had more to more meat on the bone with Doom 3 than Doom 1 because what the there was a fresh script from that video game that they could just be like oh let's just crib that and be like how can we make sense of flavor text from Doom 1 and Doom 2 oh yeah there's no real plot to Doom 1 and Doom 2 but there is enough environmental storytelling that uh, it's it's pretty cool I think and I, I think they were just by the 2000s, we were kind of embarrassed by the 90s, like, metalhead culture and, like, satanic imagery that was really edgy in 1993, yeah. but not so much in 2005. The stuff that Tenacious D would own. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was a little bit too Tenacious D by the time of 2005. And I, I had fun with the movie. I, I watched it's it fun, yeah. once in theaters and once on DVD. <laughs> I liked Carl Urban in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was some creative set pieces in it. I thought the monsters were pretty cool looking in that there's a lot of practical effects in the movie, more than I anticipated. I thought the first person shooter sequence was just a good Friday night movie sequence. Like I, I remember seeing it with a few friends and Craig Shannon was one of those friends and he hated that scene. <laughs> like he, with good reason. He was like, he said he had to like bite his lip. He wanted to boo it when it was happening. Cause it, he's like, it just kept going. And I'm like, dude, the whole movie should have been. That's I, I always my thought is they should make a movie where it's just one guy. There's no one for him to talk to. So it's just got one hardcore guy. Henry, man. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of hardcore Henry, but you'd see him and you would hear his narration like it's a it's like in his head. Yeah, that, I think that would be more fun. I just watched the sequence today before the podcast. Mm-hmm. It was like, thank you. You know, how how long is it? What's it really like? It's been a while since I've seen it. It is five minutes long straight, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is too long already. <laughs> and my one of my big problems with it is it doesn't feel like a video game first person 
shooter sequence. It doesn't no. feel like a normal human first person. It feels <laughs> like, as you said earlier, Area 51 yeah. on rails, very scripted. I was thinking House of the Dead, mm-hmm. where he's like, it's very gliding, smooth movement. There's even one scene where he does like a snap turn and there's just a zombie like professor there going, ah, I remember that. With a big smile on his face before he shoots <laughs> someone's like, that's, that's, that's goofy. That's, it was right this before, isn't cool. yeah. it was like right before gimbal technology had really taken Hollywood by storm. Yeah. Like it was 2005, right? So it is like, yeah, he's like on a skateboard basically. Mm-hmm. And like, the, I, I remember the lighting being a bit inconsistent during that sequence. All we're talking about is that sequence. Let's talk about how fun, like, like the rock is in that movie. That was like kind of like the first big rock movie I saw. Yeah. And between, he does a, his spoiler. He has a heel turn halfway through, which right? I thought was cool. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was, I thought that, I thought it made the movie kind of interesting. Uh, he was originally supposed to be the hero and he turned it down because he thought the villain was more interesting, which I'm sure his agent hated him for because like, yeah. oh, take the good guy role. Like, don't be, um, Rosamund Pike and everyone in that movie, they're given really bad dialogue to work with. <laughs> uh, Carl Urban. I always like Carl Urban. Can we talk about the character's name? Bones? No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could close. Wait, what is his name? His name, I, I think it's like Jane, Jack Reaper and his code name is Grimm. <laughs> oh wow! So, you know what? That's not in the game. That's not in the game at all. <laughs> the guy's name is Doom Guy. <laughs> Seriously, in, that's in what Doom the fans 20, call him. In Doom 2016, he's called the Doom Slayer. Okay, I think that's like still better than Universe. That's, good. Yeah. that's yeah, yeah. good. So wait, did anyone see it in theaters? I, no, no, just me. Just me. Now, apparently, I think it might be a direct to digital, but there's a new Doom movie coming out. Yeah, I've seen talks about a new Doom. I don't know if it's direct to or or a, a feature. I don't picture. know if it's theatrical, but it, I watched the trailer and it looked a little cheaper than I was. Oh, hoping. there's a trailer. I haven't seen the trailer. I think, yeah, yeah. Doom 2019. It comes out tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> no way! Oh, sh- perfect timing. <laughs> cool. Uh, the nice. trailer is 53 seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, my, my oh no, it's called Doom Annihilation. Oh, it's a great <laughs> title for a video game sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I so yeah, I think yeah, the, all Doom has going for it, not as a game, but as a property, is the aesthetic. I think it's you know the metalhead. It's the uh, you gotta own it monsters. It's a little, little bit D and D because they stole designs from D and D, yeah. and it's just uh, it's just it's almost a product of the '80s because you know that's the media that those guys were steeped in in the early 90s and what they were drawing from. That, the new game, the new game knows this. Mm-hmm. The, the new game uh, embraces the metal, like, yeah. right out of the game. I mean, the first, like, minute of that game. It's The movie, it concerns, like, a, it's another uh, virus zombie type thing. They open right? a portal and some virus, I think, comes from the portal. Oh, so there's still a portal? It's just... There's still a portal because they throw... Because I remember the final set piece is Carl Urban throws the rock through the portal. And then You're not put, thinking of the Mario Brothers movie, right? Ah, it's like a, that helps us a portal. <laughs> it's a portal yeah. on that. Yeah. No, but that, that, the power! <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, do a movie. We've all seen it. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I you haven't. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it. I, I seen it. But I'm going to give it a I, thumbs up. I'm going to. I want to see it. I'll give it a thumbs down. I'll be I, that guy I think here. I got to give it a thumbs down. I had it on Blu-ray for a little while, and then I gave it to someone else. So we're in a speculative like, thumbs up from the only person who didn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> the following year, April twenty first, two thousand six, the Silent Hill movie came out. Now, the Silent Hill movie was a hit. I remember it being number one that weekend, and it was an R-rated movie based off. A popular video game franchise at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silent Hill still hadn't had like 
It probably hadn't had like a hit game since the third one, which was 2003. I think the fourth one was coming out maybe that year or the no, next no, year. No, no, no. Sound Hill 4 was Sound like... Hill 4 The Room was. Yeah. Bef- I think came up... 2004. Two oh, years really? prior. Yeah. There was another Sound Hill game coming, but Sound Hill 4 wasn't well received. No. My, my point being, Sound Hill wasn't coming out in the fervor that, say, Mortal Kombat or Super Mario Brothers or Tomb Raider came out in. I honestly think that if there wasn't a video game called Silent Hill and the, the trailers for Silent Hill came out, people still would have been like, oh, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I think that's why I made a lot of money. It wasn't because, oh, they're making an adaptation of these insane games. I mean, it almost love... elevated the Silent Hill. Yes, I, I truly believe so. And it, that... I wouldn't be surprised if it's what kind of brought that franchise to people like and I always pronounce his name wrong, Gamero Del Toro, mm-hmm. yeah. is attention because he was going to helm the next Silent Hills game before that got canceled. Yeah. So I wouldn't That's be surprised right. if he heard about it through the movie first and not the video games. Who directed this? Christopher Gons uh, okay. directed this, who had done like Wolf Creek and some other movies. Like mm-hmm. it, um, He did not work. I don't think he worked at all in the second one, which is a terrible movie. And this first movie I thought was okay. The first half I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. Did, did we all have we all seen it? I yes, haven't yet, yes. but I actually do. The, out, out of everything we've talked about, and I think that's on our list, this is probably the movie I need to see next because a lot of people remember it. A lot of people talk about it still. Oh, it just yes. feels it, it, it's the one that feels like oh, this is a part of pop culture that I missed. The thing about Silent Hill, it's about atmosphere and tone and mood. It's like a Stephen King story. It's it's got all kinds of weird little references and all kinds of crazy stuff. We've talked about Doom. Is violent with blood and guns, but it's campy. Wolf Castle, Wolf, sorry, sorry Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein is campy. You fight a big robot Hitler. Uh, Resident Evil doesn't really take itself that seriously. There's always a level of, you know, camp. Silent Hill is not campy. Silent for people who, hey, you play that Silent Hill game, haven't you? Yes. What's it like? It's actually scary. Play it it's alone. Scary. Play it at night with the lights off. I played Silent Hill one which is like a PlayStation 1 game from 99. I played that for the first time in like 2007, and it still scared me, just by the dated hardware and all of that. I, the atmosphere and like the, the storytelling, the environments, still got me pretty bad. I can't. I, I don't think the first Resident Evil would have scared me. No. <laughs> like that. There's things that jump at you, but it's it doesn't feel like a scary place. I love the fact that in Silent Hill they went, oh, we can't only we can only render so much of the environment is going to kind of disappear in front of you. So the developers went, oh well, then fuck you. It's going to be foggy around you, and we're going to make it. We're going to use your limitation as a strength. Yeah. Oh, we can't really have all these references to Ray Bradbury and Philip K. Dick and Stephen King on street signs and the walls. Like they're going to be kind of pixelated and vague. The the audience can't quite read them. Cool. We're going to keep that ambiguity for more mystery. Things that like maybe it's a handprint, maybe it's blood maybe yeah. it's a all maybe those... it's the school from kindergarten cop yeah i've seen that the uh, comparison for, for the audience that's less familiar uh could someone kevin could you take it away on that so, regard so basically some people realized a couple of years after silent hill one came out that the school there's a like a level i guess you'd call it yep a part of silent hill is this like grade school and if you look around it it is evident that they took reference material from kindergarten cop like, the school in that movie has like the, I, a distinct I, silhouette. <laughs> it look, it look, I, I, they probably based the design somewhat, and I think they like kind of like nicked some of the assets and textures. From yeah, that movie there's or like a, a, a cork board mm-hmm. that is like directly lifted from the movie, if I recall correctly. Yeah, sure. and uh, the movie though, 
Um, the movie made decent, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, okay. the movie, made a decent amount of money, as I said. Uh, and I remember seeing it opening night, and my friends, I think like six or seven of us went, we, we all had kind of the same reaction, which was, okay, that was kind of scary. That was all right. First half was better than the second. The movie concerns itself a lot with the journey of getting to Silent Hill. That's probably the best part of that movie, right? Yeah. You remember that? Like that, that there's like a 10 minute, 15 minute span of this movie that is Alice falling down the rabbit hole, uh, getting into Silent Hill. Like just like the idea of like getting cornered and getting funneled into more and more claustrophobic spaces in this town, like going down alleyways and into like a train station and such. That's like the best part of the movie. Um, there's very little humor, which is good. Uh, but the biggest disappointment other than the ending just becoming, it becomes so chaotic visually and so intense and so sadomasochistic that it, it just, it's, it loses all tension, right? It just becomes like, like Blender is hitting people basically. Right. Yeah. It's too much. And like that you lose that, um, solitude that makes the games so eerie and, um, intimate. The aesthetic of Pyramid Head, because we can't talk about Silent Hill without talking about the, the monster Pyramid Head. Which is foolish. It's, it's foolish that that's come to this. He should have just been in the one game. In I Silent agree. Hill. Yeah. Yes. Um, Did he get kind of Freddy Kruegerized a little bit? He, he's like, he's totally, like a boss character in, in the second game, mm-hmm. and he's perfect for that story. But he became the Jason Voorhees, like, we just got to keep bringing him back. And he didn't. He had no real purpose of being in the movie. He looks cool. More than Jason Voorhees, I'd say, when it comes to our friends of Silent Hill, they urkled him. <laughs> they, Does they, he have a catchphrase? No. Okay. That would be great if he did. <laughs> did uh, I do that? <laughs> at the end of... <laughs> At the also at the end of Silent Hill One, when we meet the, between Alyssa, Alessa, and the other girl, and they share one soul, and they were split, and they're twins, and all that crap that the first game actually does better. There's a lot of voiceover narration explaining mm-hmm. what happened, and it's a even the, my first run through of the movie. Going, this is I know this story, and I don't like how they're doing this. It was like the worst tenants of a video game cutscene. Yes, with an over dense exposition dump. Like it was all the worst all the worst tenants of that like put into a film. And the other thing that bums me out about this movie is if you look at the behind the scenes material and even some of the early advertising uh, that went out for the movie, they shot all the monsters practically. Yes. And this is probably the earliest example I know of where you go in and you see the actual movie in the theater and they just fixed it up, so to speak with Mm -hmm. CG. They were like, Oh, we got to make this monster move faster. We got to, and at the first scene where Rada Mitchell's character, she the first time she confronts a monster in the movie, I remember in the theater getting real disappointed uh, just at how fake it looked. And then I, if you look at the behind-the-scenes featurettes in the DVD, it's like, oh, wait a minute, you shot this with an actual monster, like a person in a costume. And why did and they clearly just went in and like overlaid CG to like make the thing look more... I don't know, like dynamic video gaming. It didn't like scare. It just like it just. There's a lot of just phony looking stuff in the movie. It's 2004. We weren't really there 2006. Yet. Oh six. Yeah, it's still like yeah. They still do that today. Like look at like Spider Man's costume and all these new movies. Like people yeah. pick it up. They're apart marginally better at it now, but like 2006 but is just, pretty rough. But the thing is with the Spider Man costumes in and Silent Hill, the movie 2006, and other examples we could probably find is like why go through all the effort to design. And like light and cast, like they hired like contortionists and like like circus athletes. Yeah, people who do crazy things with their bodies, and they look really cool, like on set, like doing all these things. And then you look at the movie and you're like, oh, this is just like 
like a like a mid poly video game character model at this point. This isn't that exciting now. This it, this that thing can't get the character anymore. Yeah. Nothing in the 2011 version of the thing will ever be as scary as the 82, you know. That that's that's a great example. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if like for in that makes it sound like an old man at 32. Um and there's kids today going like who probably look at the puppetry and look at the props and look at the fake blood and go the 1982 with Kurt Russell thing is goofy looking. And Keith, Keith David, thank you. As I remembered to myself, uh, and the 2011 one scared no one. It was nothing special. It was just it's a peanut butter and fluff sandwich with no peanut butter. It's just now, little. conversely, I I, I want to say the effects people who had their work overwritten in that movie. They kind of, I think they took all their props and they made a different movie that is effectively the thing with those effects. Really? And that is also bad. Oh. So you're for really, di- yeah. for, for different reasons though. Yeah, yeah. Not because like. Peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter, jelly. But not because <laughs> like it, but like, not because it looked, the, the effects looked bad. They probably had much less money to work with. But, but Silent Hill is like, if you don't get the monsters down, like go back to the drawing board. Like it, it, the decision was made way too late in the game. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the behind the scenes stuff, we'll look at it after we record. I'll show you. You will be disappointed. Like, oh really? You couldn't? That, that looks scary. Come on, own yeah. that. It looks like something out of a Tool music video. You know, <laughs> like that's scary. The height of fear. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Come on, man. You don't think like schism and all that stuff looks kind of scary? Like well, okay. compared to like yeah. what? Like well, actually, I wanted to make this point was um, uh, when you I've heard you say this before, but when you uh finally saw Jacob's ladder. There you go. Um, did that take a little bit of the, uh, not the not the fear factor, but did that take a little? Did that make you a little less impressed with Silent Hill? It, it, I mean, I definitely saw the influence. Yeah. Um, I, I would uh, I would hearken it to when I finally watched Twin Peaks, and I'm a huge Max Payne fan, mm-hmm. and I just saw like, okay, this came from this, sure. Um, but you know, Silent Hill is, um, I mean, aesthetically for sure. Like, yeah, like okay, this is where this came from. Silent yeah. Hill does enough of its own thing. My mind was so fertile and receptive when I first played Silent Hill 2 mm-hmm. on the PlayStation 2. I, I will forever cherish and over-romanticize with rose-tinted glasses how much those games got to me. Yeah. And I've gone back and played Silent Hill 2 with Dan. It's still good. It's still scary. It's horrifying as hell. It's real scary, and it's real well, it's, it's well-written. But that movie, I appreciate that it didn't make the concessions that, say, the Resident Evil movie did. I, I like the Silent Hill movie more than the Resident Evil movie. Yeah. But I'm sure if I watched it now, 13 years removed, I'm sure it looks even worse than it did in 2006. Yeah. You know, some you would think that, but every once in a while, and I, I don't know if this is true for this movie, but sometimes movies that you thought were super CGI laden at the time, uh, you go back and watch now and you're like, oh, there's only like five shots that have CGI. And then they just really stuck out to you at the time. Like the first Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Like there there are movies that are actually way more practical than you remember. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's uh, the case with that, but uh, you never know when you go back and look. Our next movie, not an ambitious movie. Afraid not. On October 17th, <laughs> 2008, Kevin and I went opening night to see Max Payne. And we, we knew it was going to be bad that day. We read the reviews. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? It's like nine bucks. How bad could the Max Payne movie be? Now, let's set the stage for... I don't want to talk about fucking Wahlbergs, this garbage people. Yeah. Let's talk about how why the Max Payne games are fun. I don't know anything about Max Payne. Uh, Dan, you've ever played Max Payne? I've only seen you play Max Payne 3 like half a decade ago, so I don't really know much about it. I'll try to ex- exercise some brevity, which is uh, hard for me. I'm a huge fan. And when they announced we're making a Max Payne movie, I remember telling you, Neil and, and Ryan, like, oh man, fish in a barrel. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's about <laughs> this detective. This uh, he's like uh, his uh, wife and his infant daughter get killed by these people pushing a drug on the streets in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, she basically was about to like break this story about this drug. Max goes undercover for years to get into this drug ring. New York sped by and fast forward. Dark rooftop water towers and a dead forest of antennas and chimneys, all a blur. A cop revenge story. Mm -hmm. There have been many of these. And they announced, hey, we're going to cast Mark Wahlberg, who at the time, he still is a huge name in Hollywood. He's a big actor. And it was like surprising. Like, oh, that means there's some money being put into this. And then you see the movie and it's, painfully clear he has zero interest being on screen there's like maybe one stunt in the movie he does there's one shot of slow motion with max Payne, i believe like one or two and it is kind of his thing is that when the first max Payne game was being made they were playing around with speed ramping and having it so max could like if you hit a button at any point in max Payne, he will dive in slow motion like everything slows down but your reaction time is the same mm-hmm. so you basically get the edge on all the bad guys around you like, okay, I can pop off three shots before they can get off one. That's like the fun of it. It's almost like a puzzle game, right? A third person shooter, but it's more like a puzzle. It's like super hot, kind of. Yes, yes, super hot, but made in 2001, yeah. right? The truth was a burning green crack through my brain. Weapon statistics hanging in the air, glimpsed out of the corner of my eye. Endless repetition of the act of shooting. Time slowing down to show off my moves. The paranoid feel of someone controlling my every step. I was in a computer game. Funny as hell, it was the most horrible thing I could think of. But that movie comes out, and there's just none of that stuff. There's none of, like, like you'd think, how hard is it to, like, have Mark Wahlberg, like, jump to the left onto, like, a sandbag or whatever and just shoot it at a high frame rate and slow it down? He doesn't do that. He does that once in two hours. And that's, like, the thing he does is these slow-motion, bullet-time, John Woo-inspired gunfights. The action of that movie is terrible. Like, it should have been John Wick, right? Yeah. Like, we had a question here for later from Pika Bread, one of our patrons that was going to come up to our q Thank you, Pika Bread. And uh, Pika Bread asked, are there any bad video game movies you wish were good, and what would you change about them to make them better? Thank you. Pika Bread couldn't have... Yeah, what a wonderful question that we can tie in right now. Yeah. Max Payne... The Max Payne movie should have been fun. Yeah. It should have been great. It should have been... Yeah, like the, like the John Wick movies. That's... Yeah, the games are... are, are yeah, they use the bullet time, and it's a simple kind of hard-boiled d- detective story, and it's a bit... F- it's not even film noir per se, but it's it like just, a wannabe, like, Sin City aesthetic. Yes. With Bew Bridges and Mila Kunis. I'm trying to think who else is in it. Uh, Chris uh, Robin from the from Batman Forever. Oh. Um, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, and, like, everyone in it's, like, kind of just sleepwalking through it. One need only go to google.com, type in... Mark Wahlberg, Max Payne, and you can tell just by looking, it's just so boring. There's an army of bodies under this river. Criminals reaching up to welcome me as one of their own. It was an easy mistake to make. There's a vocabulary to Max Payne, right? And it's like I mentioned the bullet time. New York is presented in this really pre-urban renewal it's like the Hell's Kitchen of uh, Daredevil. It's a it's a dangerous place. It, it should it, the movie should have been directed by like Michael Mann. Have you seen that? There you go. And I, I remember thinking that walking out, like this should have been like Man on Fire. Have you ever seen that the Denzel movie, right? And then Max Payne three comes out and it's Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. It's like aesthetically, it's Man on Fire. It's a, it's incredible. It's like it re, it straight up is that movie. The third game was great, and the, the, it falls into this weird category. The Max Payne games, where you have to wonder what would have been gained anyway 
by a proper adaptation of this property, right? Like people talk so much about making an Uncharted movie. I love those games. I don't really know what I would get out of watching an Uncharted movie versus like, I'll just play the game. Like yeah. the, the games are cinematic enough and I get to do something. Like Dan, you've heard about the Uncharted movie that's been rumored for years, like directors coming and going and Wahlberg was almost in Wahlberg that. Wahlberg was almost one. It was oh, good. De Niro, I think, was in it too. Is like... Sully. Or... No, not even Sully. Like his dad. They were like a family of thieves. <laughs> Like why? It's not the story at all. Like what? What is what is there to be gained out of the Uncharted movie? Just money, right? Like I mean, no. I I honestly think an Uncharted movie would probably be pretty good right now, because um, I feel like we need. I mean, one, we need more original movies in in Hollywood. We don't need more adaptations. But I think like kids need another like action like fun person like a new Indiana Jones for this era, which that's what Drake is in video game form. Um, but I think like if they released that movie, that'd be great in this entire, everything's a superhero or a star Wars climate we live in, unless you're like going out of your way to go see something original, good horror wise, mystery wise, loose thriller, uh, thriller wise. Um, I think there's something to be gained. You can change stuff. You can, you don't have to cast a a white dude as Nathan Drake. He can be any ethnicity you want. It's just a, a dude. Yeah. Um, but, I think there's some value in it to do it. But would you, if they made an Uncharted movie, would you want it to be an adaptation of a certain Nathan Drake story? Like, what would what would have to be the same for you? What would I? I think they could just do the first one. We meets Elena. And meets Elena. We meet Sully. We do El Dorado. I love those games. And like that's it. It's just it's a fun journey to find El Dorado, and then El Dorado isn't what you think it is because it's just an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just make those again instead of rebooting Indiana Jones. But again, make up original content, Hollywood. Yeah. But and, we, they won't. So just make them. It's <laughs> close enough. Yeah. <laughs> to an original, I guess. I yeah. I kind of I weirdly give a pass like. Things that are remakes of other movies or adaptations of TV shows or extremely popular books feel like remakes. But other times, if it's a uh, if it's a lesser known book or something like that, it doesn't. It feels more like an original movie. Like I don't consider Jaws. Uh, it's it is an adaptation. A lot of it, King, a lot of Stephen King stuff falls into that category. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of uh, yeah. Um, so and I feel like an Uncharted movie. Would uh, a lot of people know those games, but they're not like they're, the, they're really popular. They are really popular, <laughs> but they're not like there's not news stories about like, hey, have you heard of this new game that's sweeping the nation? Like like there were for Mario. I mean, it's when just Uncharted, it's just enough. There's a lot of really popular games. Didn't like you Unchar- know? it's not the most popular of the most popular games. But it's, like you, but there is a there is an argument to be made that a lot of video games that are of that sales caliber, mm-hmm. like the Uncharted games or like Zelda or like Years of War or whatever, they're getting more bucks than movie tickets do that's because they cost more yeah yeah but still it is like comparable they don't cost like magnitudes more they cost like five times as much and a lot of people are buying those games at like 30 40 dollars not even 60 right right so my point being like they're in the same ballpark of publicity i I get why people are excited about that rumored netflix zelda show Mm -hmm. right is that a fact yet or is it still rumor uh, rumor by my account okay detective pikachu there Ah. is something gained by that translation right like whereas yeah. like Max Payne, maybe you. I still think you can make a great Max Payne movie. John Wick, I like the first two a lot. I'm gonna see the third one. 
it's 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 a murder man movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Max Payne should have been like could have been one of those movies to have someone with like a hint of visual style come but in. But it's not really something that hasn't been done at all. In movies, it's also right? it's just like a it's like a even if there was it wasn't a video game adaptation, like nobody would talk about that movie ever again. It's very forgettable. Yeah, and the Uncharted games I haven't played any yet, but it they they do sound like they're enough of an homage to Indiana Jones that it um, would feel kind of not as much as you'd think it's just yeah. it's like the first one feels the, the most the first one feels <laughs> <laughs> the first one feels the most steeped in uh Indiana Jones but honestly they're they're their own thing the characters are different okay. like and they they have like their own music their own like color palette like their own like like uh, especially by like by, by the second one they're like mm-hmm. okay we got our own thing now like let, let's let's carve our own path here but yeah like that is the touchstone you know, Tomb Raider is more like Indiana Jones than Uncharted is. I think. Totally. Yeah, I agree. And now Tomb Raider is a lot more like Uncharted. Yeah, that's reboot. true. Yeah. Now I broke my segue on Detective Pikachu. Are we already there? Yeah. Oh, we're geez. there. Half of us have seen Detective Pikachu. Correct. We and need... you get to guess who? No, we're just going <laughs> to we're gonna tell you. Should we take a quick break or are we good? Yeah. Let's take a break. Detective Pikachu. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think Detective Pikachu is the best reviewed video game movie yet, right? Oh shit! Really? It's definitely. It's gotta, it's gotta <laughs> be. What, what else would come close? Resident Evil? Like, it's definitely well reviewed. I didn't know. Resident yeah, Evil it's definitely well reviewed. I don't. I think Resident Evil was like a. If it was a Rotten Tomato score, it'd probably be like a fifty percent tops. All hmm. right. Like we were discussing in our prep work for this uh, recording session, two of us, Dan Hamilton and I, Ryan Murphy, have seen the film Detective Pikachu, but Kevin and Neil have not. So we're gonna try not to spoil it. I assume you guys don't want plot details just kind of our initial i don't think there's gonna be enough to spoil for me okay well i i actually i am interested in the movie so don't go too crazy sure in short uh, all right 90 seconds in and out there is a minimal amount of world building which i really appreciated yeah kind of like spider-man into the spider-verse which was also very very pretty it's you know who is spider-man like mother if you don't know who (laughs) spider-man is by now we are no longer holding your hand it's 2019 who is this spider-man you can make jokes about you don't have to tell people what comic-con is anymore you can make jokes about comic-con if you have to explain to people what a goddamn pokemon is then it's not your fucking movie there was a lot more who framed Roger Rabbit in this movie than I was expecting. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I really liked that. I'm surprised. I liked. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I mean, I thought it looked like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like animated, in a good way, animated yeah, in live action, like character detective, story, detective yeah. story. I didn't realize this movie cost 150 million dollars. That's a shitload of money. It, well, it, when you, oh, but it, so, does it, it looks it right. It's it's very pretty. I yeah. it's not. It's, it's got it's, some issues. I think with some I of the agree. Pokemon designs. And that's okay. my ninety in and out. Dan, take it away. Oh sure. Um, it has some surprising actors in it. Um, Bill Nye's in it, who I I, I think is a fantastic actor, and who apparently is a big Pokemon fan. Who claims life. he's a big that's Pokemon cool. fan? I was very when he appeared. I was like, oh shit, what the hell? Oh, this got some clout. This movie. Oh, Bill Nye. Okay, Nye, yeah. not Bill Nye, the science. No, guy. I misheard you. I misheard. Yeah. <laughs> who would make a great Professor Oak. Um, yeah. I thought it was an okay movie. I think the the lead actor, Justice Smith, who is not related to the Will Smith bloodline, I think. He is not. Um, is a bit wooden. Um, but I think, I, I blame that more on direction than the actor. because He's I no Bob Hoskins. He's no Bob Hoskins, no. Um, <laughs> He's no Brendan Freak. There's a scene with him where He's he no does Michael have a... Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Steve Martin's in one of those movies, who too. Who acted right? along with... Uh, Boris and Natasha. De- yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That's true. Anyways, uh, he has one good scene uh, that he that's it's sort of a sadder scene. He d- he does a really good job of doing it. Um, his character kind of doesn't like Pokemon, which is a good 
you know, focal point to bring in people who might not like Pokemon into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was mentioning, though, like some of the character designs felt off to me, like Pikachu looks great because if Pikachu doesn't look great, the movie doesn't work. Exactly. It would be all. It would yeah, be can the you imagine talking. the main character of your CGI adaptation doesn't look good? Yeah. Then would your face be red? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blue, You'd probably want to go in and replace that character before the movie came <laughs> out. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there okay. in a second. Let, let, me, let me ask you this about the look of the, the various Pokemon sure. in the movie. When they put out that first trailer to kind of like test the waters, like, hey, we're going to go for basically uh, a quote-unquote photorealistic adaptations of the character uh, design sheets from Pokemon. Like, it's going to be those sprites, but made real, Mm -hmm. which seems like a duh thing, but there's a reason most movies don't do that. People were kind of creeped out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think almost some of that was humorous, like people just wanting to have their hot take on Twitter. I don't think it ever looked creepy. I don't don't see why it would be creepy, but I'm 32. Maybe I'd say some looked creepy. Like, they redesigned Charizard because, you know... And he looked great. He's a dragon. I agree. Yeah. Charizard looked cool. Oh, they took some. Okay, that was my question. They took creative liberties. They took. Okay, yeah. Who looks the f- most different from the the anime and the games? How do you feel about Psyduck? No, Psyduck looks pretty much the same. I thought Psyduck looked good because he's probably the the second most important Pokemon in that movie. Yeah, and I liked how nervous <laughs> he looks. I like. <laughs> yeah. he, he was funny to me. <laughs> Psyduck has always been a little bit of a, sh- a scene stealer. Yeah, right? always in the anime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, popping out of those Pokeballs when he's now. Not oh, my question is, um, what I was kind of taken uh, most with by the trailer is, uh, it looks like even if you take all the CG out, it looks like it's a really pretty movie, like with yes. really nice cinematography. It's got like a Hong Kong look. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, it does. Yeah. I'd say maybe in right before the third act, at the end of the second act, the the color palette of that that large set piece in the woods kind of looks muddy and not that. Fun. I've seen some of that in some of the trailers. Yeah, I could. I have a whole thing about for a movie grounded sort of in reality, as grounded in reality as a bunch of Pokemon can be. Mm-hmm. Suddenly having like, by the way, there's also like a kaiju scene of a giant like got monster, a Mothra, a Rodan, a, like that, and then. We just don't go back. To yeah, that. then we don't even talk about it. It was just kind of like thrown in there because, like, oh, this would be fun. It's like, yeah, it didn't add anything. It makes the stakes of other action scenes later seem less valuable. But yeah, let's not go into plot. Let's not. We're trying to stay away from plot. Okay, let's get back to design. I'll, I'll keep asking questions. You tell me if I'm asking plot crushing okay, questions. Sure. Are there gyms? Like, no. Well, this not is, in this city, but gyms exist. Pokemon fighting and tri- right, Pokemon they, tournaments exist in this universe. They talk about that. Like, it's on the TV in the background. It's on posters. They they actually have a, a character sort of dressed as Red or Ash from the video games. And he's just like, again, it's just on TV, like on the news. And so they kind of like hint at that world, but they don't really like say, we're talking about that world. So once again, I, I, is this not really a video game adaptation? No, except- it actually is 100% is based off a video game that was released in Japan only called Pokemon. Detective. Yep. Great Detective, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. Oh. 3DS, right? Where he wears the hat. Yep. Yeah. I, when they right. announced this movie, a few people, including myself, there was a rumor. It was just totally made up by someone. With, like, it was a crazy rumor that Danny DeVito was going to voice him. Mm-hmm. And I would have We been, could still go back and do that, by the way. They sh- I, now, now this, that, that's kind of... Now, I'm going to be a party pooper here because uh, I almost went to see this. I literally was walking to my car when I went, wait a minute. I don't care. I'm not going to see this. Movie. I don't know. I'm not going to spend $12 to see this. I could go see Shazam again or something. I really like Shazam. Pokemon has always been very materialistic to me. I like Pokemon Yellow. I played Pokemon Snap as a kid. I, I played Pokemon Go for like a day. Like I, get, I, I, I don't hate Pokemon. I like Pokemon. But I remember thinking about, I, I thought back to the trailers and there's a lot of talk about like hope and hope and hope. <laughs> coming out of Pikachu's mouth in these trailers, but that's like what the whole, the soul of this movie is. I, I say the, the, the scenes in the trailer are probably equate to maybe two scenes. Okay. That's my question. Yeah. Like, what is the, beyond the, the humor 
that was in these ads. What 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 is the soul of this movie? Because Pokemon to me has always ha- been starved. The soul is a a father son uh, estranged relationship. Okay, and it's a mystery. It and actually it, is, and like the mystery a- of why it's estranged, how it can be fixed, can it be fixed? But the thing with Pikachu is he's not. If you were to ask me, like, what is Pikachu? I'd be like, Pikachu is a uh, species of Pokemon that mm-hmm. he's like a yellow mouse, kind of like a rabbit, and he makes electricity, and he yeah. can be trained to fight. Like, uh, <laughs> And then you show me, okay, here's a movie where he's voiced by Ryan Reynolds, and he solves mysteries. That is also a mystery of why he can talk. It's, exactly. like, a, it's like a plot point? It is a yes. plot point, yes. Okay. Okay, that's my question. Okay. Does this movie make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. 100%. And it's, it's a real I, mystery. They don't actually, yeah. like kind of bs everything like they put everything in there like it's an actual mystery story there does was it does it uh does it matter that pokemon exist in this universe like is the yes. story being told is it does okay it, like the universe I feel like i'm on like a, a lie detector test like i, know, I have I feel, to tell the I truth like, here. I feel like this is like a game show where neil and i have to guess like the rotten tomato score <laughs> and we're each allowed like 10 questions yeah. to dan right no i guess my concern with the movie is is the story they're trying to tell is it actually serviced by the fact that it takes place in the Pokemon universe? Oh, absolutely, hundred okay. percent. Not not just in without Poke- without Pokemon, the movie would not work. No. Okay, so so that that, that probably isn't my next question, which is I guess more of a sentiment than a question. But all these movies we've been talking about, like everything from Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, like Tomb Raider, when any adaptation of a big commercial property comes out bad. You will often hear the criticism levied. Oh, they should have been more faithful. This wasn't in the spirit of this. Like, oh, this character wouldn't have done that. Why did the adaptation have all this creative license? Why didn't they just do a one-to-one thing? And I look at Detective Pikachu. And yes, there is a Detective Pikachu game. But Pikachu as a wisecracking Ryan Reynolds mystery solver doesn't seem emblematic or representative of what Pokemon is. Oh, no. It's you know pretty left field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why is this getting a pass? <laughs> Like why? It's like if the Super Mario Brothers movie started with Mario's funeral or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, guess what? Maybe the Pokemon game, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 I like think Pokemon- this gets a pass. I, I, I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I think it gets a pass because it does respect the source material. It does mm-hmm. respect where it comes from. And it's telling a story within that universe. Yeah. It doesn't need to tell that one-to-one, make it exactly the same adaptation. Even if it's based on another game, most people don't know about it. You just right. learned about it right now. Well, I remembered it as you said it. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen screenshots of that. Yeah. But yeah, but I think what's interesting about that is that it never had the first movie that actually is faithful. That's the that, next movie. Totally, though. That's totally I, I guess the next so, movie. But that's, that, that, that there's does no seem after, backwards. I'll say there's no after credits. They don't do anything. It's just like, here's a world. You, mm-hmm. kinda, you should know the world by now. There are things happening in it. Maybe we'll touch upon other parts of it. You tell us. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, this is, I think is the first video game movie, probably that the people creating it and the people starring in it, you know, probably played the games growing up, or at least like yeah. in their late teens. So, like, this is the first one where people have actually touched the source material, as opposed to, "Hey, you're hired for this job. Here's the source material. Figure it out." So, I'll, I'll throw some numbers at you because we I talk a lot about box office on this show. The movie cost 150 million to produce. That's a lot of money. That doesn't include advertising. I don't know why they put it out days after Avengers. Like they did, like the early screenings and such. I, I suicide, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why they would put this movie out around then, considering the target demographics of these movies. So far, it's been out for about basically two weeks, if you uh, consider those early screenings, and it's only at 178 million. So it still needs to make another probably 100 million dollars to be considered like. 
you know, profitable, right? Sequel worthy. Yeah. There's not a lot of stars in this movie. Was the 150 million well spent? Like, did it, does it look like a, that like, like, to give you an idea, like Man of Steel costs like the same amount of money. I would not say this looked like a $150 million movie. No. No, there are and scenes where the Pokemon, like, hey, that one doesn't have a shadow. And it's really hmm. obvious yes. that it's right there on the screen, flat and not blended into the background. I liked our lead actor. I agree. He was kind of wooden is a perfect description. I, I've always liked Bill Nighy. He's a good actor. He's fun. The lead uh, actress was good. Her, yeah, her name is Catherine Newton. You might know her. she's a teenage daughter on Big Little Lies uh, on HBO that... If you watch Big Little Lies with Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon, you yeah. probably don't play Pokemon. Or maybe you're like me and you have both. Who knows? <laughs> I'm being so objective to this movie. I know. I just, I just like I'm very Pokemon. I, I I have a soft spot for it, like especially yellow. But I I every time Get I looked at this guy, <laughs> <laughs> every time I looked at this movie, every, every that time, one's for babies. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Not really. It's the same. I know. Name. But it's 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 the it's the fan service. Like, oh, you like the the cartoon? Well, here's the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I fully expect them to attempt to adapt the anime. I, I expect that to be the next. Yeah. That's, the, that's what everyone really wants them to do. So there's really only so much we can talk about without spoiling the movie. The, the last thing, from my point of view, yeah. is Bulbasaur looks terrible. <laughs> Bulbasaur is my favorite Pokemon. They did him dirty. Bulbasaur is... Well, okay. I agree. Let's say that... Uh, let me... Uh, uh, Ryan, who's your favorite Pokemon? My favorite's Mew, who I thought would be in the movie, but Mewtwo is. They gotta save him. He's the and, Thanos. And every now and then, Mewtwo didn't look great, but Mewtwo's character design is odd. To be. Mewtwo's character design looks more like, a, as we discussed, he looks more like a Dragon Ball Z character than a Pokemon, yeah. which makes him distinct in the world of the original 151. Now, this doesn't exist in the world of the original 151. It's not just the Kanto region there are plenty of pokemon from all different iterations from all different games uh but there are times that mewtwo just didn't look great and neil who's your favorite pokemon uh, yeah. gengar is gengar in the movie yes yeah yeah he is yeah. Tell you, he's in the movie yeah. does he have a scene does he have a yeah he's, he's got a little segment i love gengar yeah he uh and that's one of the ones where they took some creative licenses with it because i think gengar realistically would not look good yeah did they ghost him up a little bit yeah more? they ghost okay, him up yeah. are, are there pokeballs in the movie yes yes yep. do, do they make the, the the sound from the cartoon yes they do mm-hmm. yeah it's team rocket in the movie it's implied okay implied team rocket yes. better than no team rocket. uh talking meowths no didn't see didn't no see it's a, a talking meowth. pikachu okay but no hey, watch the trailer <laughs> i guess it is established that sometimes one pokemon can talk Actually, a, how many Pokemon talk in the movie? Well, no. no okay, that's probably, that's probably a spoiler. Closing note before we move on, my segue into moving about the as upcoming November 2019 Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, yeah, I am just absolutely fascinated that between, yep, the Sonic animated movie, the anime, Pokemon, the first movie. So between 1998 and 1999, like 20-odd years ago, both of these intellectual properties had faithful adaptation film, feature-length films. I don't know how faithful the Sonic anime was, but sure, continue. It's a valid, valid, <laughs> assess, valid assessment. Uh, and when I say feature-length film, we're including a lot of padding, a lot of buffer to the, the first uh, Pokemon, Pokemon movie. movie. But in short... They weren't controversial. They just, 20 years ago, they kind of did their job right. And here we are 20 years later discussing how they've fucked up, which leads us to <laughs> Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog, 2019, soon to be released. How- 90, $90 million movie, almost half the budget. And of- it looks it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't know until sitting down that Pikachu cost $150 million. If you asked me how much Pikachu cost, I would have said $70 million because Ryan Reynolds didn't even have to show up, right? And I, and I, Maybe <laughs> that is with the advertising budget. You never know what number you're Okay, quoting. but even still, like, 
You, you don't spend $150 million to make 178 You know it what I mean? It doesn't look like a $150 yeah. million movie. I can and, tell you and that. And Sonic being $90 million, Sonic looks how I expect these movies to look. Not not Sonic CG. Everyone's in agreement. Everyone knows we're late to the party in this. Sonic looks bad in the movie. So yeah, I'm curious I, how the budget, if it's going to increase any, if they had to like get some extra funding to fix him like they intend they have, to. They have six months. If you don't know, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out. The trailer came out. Sonic... The character looks really bad. And not just like, is he photorealistic? Is he there? Just the design. Like, what is this? Like, everyone knows he's weird. He's like too lanky. His eyes look... His character, he almost looks inconsistent from one shot to another, which is... They use the head from one design, the body from another. It's got that kind of... He looks like a mascot costume. He's got white hands instead of gloves, which is weird. Yeah. Now, they're going to go back and change it because the, the response was so bad. You don't make a $90 million cringe joke <laughs> and they're going to fix as they're saying. And uh, people have been remorseful. Some people say, Oh no, like has internet mob mentality gone too far. It's like, no, you've been, we've been doing this shit to movies since the internet happened. Yeah. Like, no, you, been, you made the movie better. Feel good. <laughs> snakes yeah. on a plane came out because of mob mentality. Yeah, so, you know, well, we, no, snakes on the plane kept the title snakes on a plane. That's because true. That's true. People got pissed when they tried to change it before. But, it but, came there, out. but this is not the first time this has happened where yeah, a movie yeah. has been changed based on like public outcry. Cause it's not that hard to, but with Sonic, the, the thing that's, it's such a cardinal part of the movie. <laughs> it's the it's look right. of the main character. They're going to yeah. have to relaunch like, like they're gonna have the next trailer whenever it hits. The, the movie's supposed to come out this winter, November. You said, Ryan, right? Yep, November. They're gonna have to either push it back. They or have like, to. Not only that, like all the like m- merchandise. Like there's already like k- kids' costumes that have come out of the old look. <gasps> Those are gonna be worth money. Someday. I know. <laughs> they certainly are. I'm, I'm actually gonna get look some. into that. Like a T-shirt for a Super Bowl team that didn't win. Exactly. <laughs> they <laughs> gotta start printing them, man. They do that every year. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog has always been from the same art style, the same aesthetic as uh, Felix the Cat. Yeah. He, in many ways, he's a little bit of Felix the Cat between his eyes. Sometimes Felix's eyes are connected as one cohesive unit. Sometimes it's two separate eyes, little pointy ears, a little round belly body and the long legs. Now, Mickey or classic Mickey had the white gloves and shoes, and Felix just has black arms and black uh, And a feet. magic bag with magic no real... Story behind it. <laughs> nope, the cat's got the bag. Do they explain the bag in the movie? Because there's a Felix movie. I have seen it once when I was very young, and it was quite the fever it's dream. Weird. It's and like wild. a weird French cartoon. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of feels with like a big CG. Actually, Mobius. It's the- like the art you do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is funny because Mobius is the planner from Sonic the Hedgehog for yeah, all you yeah. aren't nerds out. That might be the first just movie the comics. With the, that might be the first uh CGI-ified cartoon character, actually, now that I'm thinking of yeah, it. Yeah, because of the credit sequence. We've At talked the about this on our podcast. Big, yeah, yeah. We've only done twelve episodes. Oh god. Show. I talk about that CGI Felix a lot. Hey, though, so he's a thing now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um but okay, so Dan, you're the biggest Sonic the Hedgehog fan I probably know, and I don't mean that as an insult. That's okay, it is. I love Twisted Metal. <laughs> So, like, we hold on to Yeah, that's things. comparable. You, no one gets beat up for, like, Twisted Metal. <laughs> Did you get beat up recently for, like, <laughs> I beat myself up every day for as much... We should... To be clear, we should all be pushed into a locker for this podcast. <laughs> I just had a moment a minute ago where I was like, what are we talking about? Listen to the way we're talking about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Man. All right, uh, so go but, on. But, but Sonic... Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to start telling you facts about this movie. Sure. You tell me, you tell me yay, nay. Okay. Okay. Live action with a CG Sonic. 
Yes, that's a fact. Yay. No, 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 but like, should that be the way they've Oh, should that have... No, it should have been all CGI, no live-action humans. Okay. No, but so not, like, a, like a DreamWorks Pixar illumination, illumination film. You wouldn't do it now. I don't know the name of the animator, but the... um. That style from the Japanese box art from the original Sonic games, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what Sonic Mania's opening cutscene. If you haven't seen this, just look up Sonic Mania opening cutscene on YouTube. Oh, we were talking about this earlier. So yeah, the opening cutscene from Sonic CD was done by Toei Animation, mm-hmm. which is like the big, huge, everyone does Toei. Like Dragon Ball Z is Toei. Yeah. Um, and then there is an American uh, animator whose name is Tyson Hess. Yeah. Um, very good work. He's done a lot of web comics. I was actually on a website where I had a web comic the same time he did, and they were both Sonic related. We have never spoken. That's just like weird, <laughs> like six degrees of Kevin Bacon we have between us. Yeah. Um, I need to look up your Sonic web comic. I didn't it's know a Sprite comic. Yeah. Oh man, you I love Sprite this, comics. <laughs> What's, his, it call- What's it called? I will get there. I'm okay, not okay. talking about that on here. <laughs> <laughs> people listen to this. Yeah people, uh, yeah, people. People started to like me on Twitter after this. <laughs> it was weird. But Tyson Hesse loved Sonic. He was actually hired by Archie Comics to do a couple of the classic comics. Very good animator, and he did his own, like, Toei hybrid animation uh, for Sonic Mania, which came out in 2017. They did, like, a little mini-series? They did a whole mini-series that he directed um, that was really cute, adorable, and funny. There was no dialogue or, like, wait, that's cool. It was all just, like, silent cartoon Yeah, we watched them before you came over. They're great. Yeah, they're they're great. Being introduced to this today, being a fan of classic side-scroller you know, loops, Sonic, Knuckles, Tails. They're great. They're the, so pretty. The Knuckles episode is funny as hell because Knuckles is a goddamn idiot. <laughs> now, now, when you... Okay, so I'm going through, like, the cardinal facts about this movie. So right off the bat, you don't think... Should but, not okay. have live action, no. Okay, no matter what they do, okay. Like, you don't see, like, a Detective Pikachu equivalent for nope. this. Okay, so it's, okay, so it's live action. Um, Sonic and humans don't mix. Okay, so Sonic is CG. Uh, now, what about the fact that Robotnik is not... Is a real human being like Jim Carrey is not like being complimented by CG. He's not in a fat that, suit. That's fine. I don't care okay, about okay. that. Like, cause then at the very end of the trailer, you see him in the, you know, the weird mustache, bald goggle, Dr. Robotnik. I'm like, that looks great. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I think Jim Carrey looks funny in the movie. Yeah. Neil, you've never been a Jim Carrey guy. Well, uh, do you like Ace Ventura? I, I'm not going to go back to Ace Ventura. <laughs> do you like the Riddler in Batman forever? I kind of don't. Okay. No one I think should. He's wow. too much. I think he's too much. Okay. okay, what about, I mean, the mask. I'll take Arnold over him. But you like the mask for the whole package, not just Jim Carrey. Sure. You love the score the of thing. the mask. Here's the thing is, I fucking loved Jim Carrey as a kid. Um, I I have found old, like, uh, school work I did where it says, like, who's your favorite actor? And I would put down Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. But uh, I, I and but I mean certain movies I'll go back to that are that are that are great. You know I like uh, the Truman Show and yeah, stuff. And I movie. and I've been watching. Uh, I watched uh, Kidding, Kidding, his new yeah. uh, HBO or uh, Showtime. Showtime. And I I think he's good on that. But like a lot of the stuff that he's most famous for, him being Jim Carrey, Fire Marshal Bill. Fu- yeah, like yeah. the full blown Jim Carrey experience is kind of not what I like about him. So I, I'm assuming that you're not. I'm more of a once-bitten fan. <laughs> you don't think that he'll be the saving grace of the movie? Uh, no. <laughs> You're not, you didn't like him in the trailer? Ryan, what'd you, I mean, Ryan, you and I have talked about how we bothered our parents into seeing Jim Carrey movies as kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you making about Jim Carrey so far? Uh, I'm okay with how much of the trailer he steals the show in. I mean, he is the biggest name in it. I mean, I like James Marsden. <laughs> James Marsden is cool. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even there's even commercials for like Comcast and stuff where he gets shot like he does in Westworld. Shot with like bows and arrows, you know. Yeah. Uh, James Marsden's likable. 
and uh, the female lead, the actress whose name I actually don't know yet, but Jim Carrey is the name. It's Jim Carrey. I think it's cute that Mr. he's doing Popper himself. <laughs> Mr. <Bob>. <laughs> the trailer looks more like Robotnik Begins than a Sonic the Hedgehog how, with how much Jim Carrey's in the I movie. I agree. Yeah. And, and it, it's yeah. irref- I mean, the whole movie's fan service. It's for Sonic the Hedgehog fans. It's, I, I, no, I want to take back what I said a little bit earlier, though. Dumb and Dumber is still pr- holds Dumb up. Dumb and Dumber is okay. hilarious. Good. Yeah. I think you had to be there for it, but I, I, I've tried showing Dumb and Dumber to friends, and they don't. Like, what's so funny about Jeff Daniels pooping? <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about <laughs> it's it. It's funny, <laughs> but uh, but he's not he's not Jim Carrey. He's playing uh, Lloyd Christmas in that movie. He's acting. He's acting. Harry, he's playing a character perfectly suited for Jim Carrey, but he's not going off script except for the couple scenes. He he's in character. He's playing a very specific type of humor. Dullard. Yeah, that is not just a. You must be the Monopoly guy. You know, like. <laughs> My hope for Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik is from the 30 Rock episode, Leap Day, where he plays Leap Dave, a play on words of Leap Dave Williams, and we get that very, very intense, that mixture between high-energy comedy and nothing that happens on Leap Day counts. I want, like, the grown-up, like, adult preoccupation like sunken eyes like i hate that hedgehog i want to be like sonic is responsible for like the murder of his children oh like, he so is you our, want like i want an ahab you here. want the number 23 jim carrey <laughs> no i don't oh, <laughs> terrible. thank I, you Neil. That, that movie i watched that i was like you know this is Dude. really bad but you know what i kind of appreciate uh you know this feels like a very early 2000s you know mystery movie it really owns that wait yeah. it came out like 2010 what the yeah, hell what the fuck the following sentence will tell you all you need to know about Sonic 2019. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry. They made him electric. <laughs> no one knows why. This is from the Wikipedia article. Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic, an anthropomorphic extraterrestrial blue hedgehog who can run at supersonic speed and is on the run from the government. Oh, <laughs> there man. are three citations for this. Check them. Let me break that thing down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anthropomorphic. Yes. Yeah. Extraterrestrial, if you're talking about the comics, sure. On the run from the government, precedent in the games and like the mainline games for that to happen. So like everything about that is fine, but you don't bring that into your first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> okay, so Sonic Isn't the Hedgehog. he also a hedgehog too on top of everything? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the anthropomorphized part. Yeah, so, so like, yeah. you're a Sonic fan. There, there have been many, many Sonic the Hedgehog games, more bad than good, right? That's fair to yeah. say? Yeah. What does it need to be a, can, a good canon Sonic game for you? What, is, what, 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 is, what are the core tenets of this franchise? What is Sonic the Hedgehog? Take out having a human sidekick. Yep. Doesn't need it. We don't, Agreed. We don't need... Because much like with Pokemon, how we just drop into the world, we don't need an explanation of Pokemon. At this point, a lot of people know who Sonic is through, through, through good or ill. So you throw him in, you throw Tails in. You can have Tails in the first movie. We don't need like Tails as a stinger like, ooh, who's that? He's going to be a stinger. Well, right? I, I just want to <laughs> contest that a little bit. I, right. Obviously, I do know who Sonic the Hedgehog is, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what any of the story... As far as I'm concerned, he's a sprite that moves around yeah, on the that's screen. Yeah, that's what Dan is saying is, though, you don't need onboard people. You could oh, just dude. make a dream. Yeah, he doesn't need to explain like, okay, himself yeah. to... We're on Mobius, here's Sonic, he's running around doing shit. They can yeah. talk, like, Sonic and Tails talking, kind of like the opening, which is a bad example, but of Attack of the Clones... How yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin are talking to one another about all their deeds that they've done. <laughs> and that gives you an explanation of like who they are. Exposition. Yeah. Exposition. Yeah. 
Sonic Tails walking by. Hey, wasn't this a nice day? Yeah. Oh shit, what's going on over there? Oh, it's a, the freaking evil but, guy. But I'm still so, <laughs> it's Jim Carrey. So shit. We did a whole episode about my frustrations with this IP uh, like a year and a half ago, and I feel like I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it because like if someone said like, okay, tell me what are the necessary boxes to check for Ninja Turtles or RoboCop, I could tell you. All right, here are the boxes. But, okay, it goes fast. Okay, mm-hmm. Sonic is a blue hedgehog that goes fast. Blue hedgehog that goes fast. Beats up robots. Yep. He doesn't need to collect emeralds. No, you don't need that. That talk? could be a sequel. He talks. So Sonic has to talk. Sonic, unfortunately, now needs to talk. Okay, but those animated things we saw... They didn't need to talk and they were great. But I'm saying, if yeah. you're making a motion picture, he needs to fucking talk. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Go fast. Uh, beat up robots. Okay, he's doing all this. Talks. He does all of this. Yep. <laughs> Put it in his own world. That's all CGI, yeah. not yeah. on Earth. Yeah. We don't need no government. Yeah. Don't need it. We don't need no oversight. Do we need rings, per se? Yeah, we need rings. Okay. We the need- ring, that shot of the ring that looks like it's right out of Portal in the trailer looks That's from the cool. game, yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You You've always been able to jump You've through giant rings, to rings as portals. That's true, true. And he, he's just beating up a guy who's killing friends. It's a very simple plot. Beating up a robot guy. Does he eat chili dogs? Like, is that no, like- fuck that. That's- okay. is he, does he have an attitude? Is he Bart Simpson? Um, he's always had an attitude. He's always had an attitude. Even but it's Sonic like, 1, it's, he he's like snarky. Think yeah. of him like with nowadays. If you're not playing the game, he's going to shame you. If you think of it like today, he, he'd quip like a Marvel character if I had to like okay. put it like that. So okay. that's what you need. Here, I take issue with this whole thing because I think that the first Sonic game, is there really a plot or is it just kind of a, a yeah, cycle? You gotta, yeah, you got to stop Robotnik from enslaving all the animals. On you got to get the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. Okay, it's a video game it's a video plot. Game. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the bare minimum just to like give you a reason to be doing what you're doing. But it does not really imply a plot beyond that, right? No. The second, third, and fourth games, though, are a, a myth arc, yeah, a trilogy, okay. where Robotnik, angry at his defeat, goes, well, screw it. I'm going to make the Death Egg. Mm-hmm. and I'm make I'm, my own Sonic. <laughs> and pretty much use the Death Egg as my war base to enslave the world and turn all the animals into... Robots. Robots. Sonic and Sonic 2 beats up Robotnik, crashes the Death Egg, which falls onto an island, Angel Island, which is where it's Knuckles floating. Live. That floats. This, okay. This yeah, feel, we'll stop. This, all right, all right, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I, didn't I get this. it, but this this sounds to me. It sounds like they made the sprites and art first, and then they're like, "Let's write a story around that." Well, no shit. No, yeah. there's actually no. There's cutscenes. They actually like oh. animated little cutscenes to explain. Like, there's no talking. It's just like all mm-hmm. pantomime. We're, we're, we're pro Sonic one, two, three, and Knuckles at this. Like, I, I, I like those games. I know some people really. They're too fast. Some people like to go back and say <laughs> they're too <these> fast. <laughs> I like Sonic uh, three a lot. I know some people hate Sonic three. Sonic three's good. Let's move on. Yeah. Because we, I think there's not a lot left to say in the, we're saying what everyone's saying. Video game movies are bad. They, I mean, I don't understand why some of them are bad. I, Max Payne shouldn't have been a bad movie. I don't think the IP at the time was enough to be like, just make this. We'll make our money back. Like Mm -hmm. Max Payne in 2008. Like, come on. I could see like at the time making like a. I don't know, like a Gears of War or a Halo movie just to make money or something like that. Yeah. Well, actually, what are the, some of the big ones that we have missed? Because we just haven't seen uh, them. World of Warcraft. None of us have seen that. Yeah, there was. I, I saw Assassin. Oh, oh, Ryan, you did I saw World of Warcraft. I saw. <laughs> the tone of your voice says it all. It's terrible. Uh, Assassin's Creed was. I didn't see that. No. I was talking about this before the podcast start, but I've seen half of World of Warcraft because a bootleg copy of it was given to me by an Uber driver two years ago. That's right. You were saying that. <laughs> and you're like, save it for the podcast. So I, I got a ride back to my old apartment and he's just like, hey man, you like movies? I'm like, yeah. And he just goes into his his, his backpack, which is in the seat next to him. Out. And he has, 
he pulls out. He has like a whole sleeve of DVDs, just blank DVDs. He goes, oh, he like gives them out to his ride. Yes, that is brilliant. And then he yeah, said, hey, here, enjoy button. a movie this weekend on me. And it just said Warcraft on it, which I went, thanks. And then I, I just that. I sat on it for like a week, like this is a virus. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is a problem. Oh, and then I plugged it in. And it was just a, a Chinese rip so of Warcraft. I'm just gonna list every. Cool. I'm gonna list every <laughs> live action video game uh, movie on this wiki, oh, and then as I say them. Everyone say yay or nay at the same time if they've seen them. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Super Mario Brothers, 1993. Yay. yay. <laughs> Double Dragon, 94. Yay. Yay. You seen Double Dragon? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while, but. Street Fighter. Yay. yay. Mortal Kombat. Yay. 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 Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. Yay. Partial yay. <laughs> Wing Commander. No. Yay. Yeah. Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Yay. Yes. No. Yes. Resident Evil. Yay. Yes. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yes. House of the Dead. No. Uh, no, no that's, some right, so parts we're getting of into it. the Uvi Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Bowl. Uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Yes. Probably. Okay. Alone in the Dark. No. Nay. No. Doom. Yes. 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 seen Doom? Nay. Blood Rain. I haven't seen that. No, nope. this is another That's another Uvi Bowl, bowl yeah. yeah. Silent Hill. Yes. yes. Yay. DOA, Dead or Alive. Nay. <laughs> Everyone was like, postal. Nay. Nope. Nay. No, but I do know that Dave Foley's in that movie, and I remember playing the game, which was like a demo you download off of uh, yeah. CNET or something. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Nay. Probably not. Mm. No. Hitman. Yes. Nay. In the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. That's a- Jason Statham, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a bowl movie? No, I don't think so. That's oh. a nay becoming a yay. All right. Microsoft put that out. Oh, this is the one that the poster always reminds me of the poster for um, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> it's just the, the way it's arranged. Is really we got a long way to go. Far Cry. Oh, my God. No. Uh, Max Payne. Yay. No. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. No. Yes. Nay. Oh, yes. Opening night. <laughs> Tekken. Nay. Nay. There was a Tekken movie? Okay. Yep. Prince of Persia. Yay. No, oh, no, no I haven't seen I that. all about that. Starring Jake yeah, about that. Uh, Resident Evil Afterlife. Yes. Nay. Nay. Resident Evil Retribution. Nay. Yes. Sound Hill Revelation. Yes. No. Yes. yes. Worst movie I've seen at a theater. Need for Speed. Oh, right. Yeah, That's... I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Didn't see that. I don't think so. Paul. Aaron Paul. Jesse Pinkman. Oh, right. Then no, not yet. No. Hitman, Agent 47. No. Nay. Warcraft. No. Nay. Yay. Art. Assassin's Creed. Yay. No. Resident Evil, the final chapter. <laughs> no. I, I think some, but pro- I'm going to go with nay. Uh, Tomb Raider. Nay. nay. Not the new one. Rampage. Yes. Nay. That movie's terrible. I saw, watched it on a flight <laughs> recently from Seattle. And then, of course, Detective Pikachu. Yes. yes. Okay, so we're going to take oh, a quick man. break. Yeah, but I just want to say, like, what a fucking abysmal track record. <laughs> the best movie out of all those we saw was Mortal Kombat, and we're all just like, yeah, that's that's pretty yeah, good. That's it's all yeah. right. Yeah. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Even Super Mario, we acknowledge, like, if you grew up with it, it's like, crazy all over the place, but, like, I, if some kid, some teenager would come to me and say that movie was, yeah, it was a hot dead raccoon on the side of the highway. But like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> movies, so imagine if Super Mario Brothers, the movie comes out and you're like, man, this is like terrible. Like video game movies can only get better, right? <laughs> I'm looking at this list. There are like 20 movies on this list that reviewed worse than the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> movie. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, the genre's got a long way to go. I think from here though, it's it's with the exception of Sonic, it's only up because like like me and Ryan were saying, like 
Detective Pikachu respected the source material. And I think we're now getting creators who grew up with the source material. So hopefully we'll we'll get more faithful adaptations. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back with a quiz about Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. We're, Sonic the Hedgehog. We're just going to do it every... What if every episode of Guaranteed Woo. Audio ended on... All right, now a quiz. <laughs> How much trivia could there possibly be? <laughs> oh, my God. It'll be real great. And we're back with this episode's quiz, which is being hosted by Dan Hamilton, our guest for the episode. Dan, you've decided you're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, uh, yeah, as as we established, I, I am a Sonic nerd, and I this- don't... This is the second time we've done a Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, you did the first one, and I listened to it, and there was a lot of inconsistencies in the answers that Ryan was giving, and I was just nerding out in my room being like, God damn, I should have run this quiz. So I decided to, if you invited me on the show, take that sort of revenge, Yeah, and here we are. Is it multiple choice? How are It is multiple choice. There's six questions, um, all thought up in the shower before coming over. Um, all fact-checked through I know the answers, so just trust me on this. So you're going to ask me to, Neil to, Ryan to? Yeah, I'll just go down. It'll be one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, if you get great. it wrong, it'll move down the line until someone gets it right. And for those listening at home, it should be noted that between our mobile devices and our laptops and the recording equipment, we cannot cheat. We cannot just <laughs> Google the answer. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a sequestered corner <laughs> looking at you guys through bulletproof glass. This mm-hmm. is a very, very, very serious quiz. Okay, so Kevin... Question one. Mm-hmm. Dr. Robotnik, he has a couple of relatives that are actually in the mainline canon of games. He has a cousin who's introduced in Sonic Adventure 2. What is the name of Sonic of uh, Dr. Robotnik's cousin? Is it A. Josephine Robotnik? B. Eva Robotnik? C. Maria Robotnik? Or D. Omelette Robotnik? Which game? Sonic Adventure 2. He has a cousin. C. See Maria Robotnik? Yeah. Okay, that's correct. Oh, Kevin got it. Give yourself a point. (laughs) Neil, question two. Okay. The the critically acclaimed Shadow the Hedgehog is known not just for giving a hedgehog guns, but for its multiple endings. Um, Oh, this is a game, not a character. This is a game. All right. It's called Shadow the Hedgehog. It's called Shadow the Hedgehog, (laughs) and Shadow the Hedgehog has multiple endings based on your heroic or evil alignment. Oh. Oh. I'm going to read you. Yep. It's it's kind of like Undertale. (laughs) It's exactly like Undertale stole it from Shadow the Hedgehog. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to read you some endings. You have to point out the fake one. So all of the, except for one of them, Ah. three of these are real endings in this game. Okay. I I might be able to do this. Okay. Let's see. A, the real Shadow died in Sonic Adventure 2, making the one played in this game an android replicant built by Dr. Robotnik to help with his plans for world domination. Mm-hmm. B, Shadow is revealed to be composed of alien DNA, provided to Gerald Robotnik by a being named Black Doom. Okay. C, Shadow is revealed to be Sonic's cousin. This revelation changes Shadow away from his questionable morals and becoming a true rival, my phone just died, uh, to Sonic who fights for the side of good. Okay. And D, after killing the president, Shadow obtains all seven Chaos Emeralds, Kill Sonic and vows to take over the world. Ooh. I mean, that last one sounds fake to me. That sounds the most extreme for an ending. Um, but it's really more of like a catalyst for a plot. Than yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go against that. I'm going to say that your, your first answer where he died in the previous game, I'm going to say that one's made up. No, that one is actually real. Oh, okay. There was a plot thread uh, that carried on through its sequel, Sonic Heroes, that Sonic uh, Shadow is a android. 
Um, does that R- mean I can take it? Ryan, you can take it. All right. Uh, composed of alien DNA sounds interesting, but I'm going to say Cousins. You think Cousins is I'm fake? I'm going with Cousins. Cousins is indeed fake. Oh! oh my God. <laughs> cool. Now it's time for my question. Now it is time for your question, uh, Ryan. Uh, question three. Uh, everyone loves and knows of the Sonic the Hedgehog fighting game, correct? Sonic the Fighters. I learned about this week only in preparation for this recording. It was on Dreamcast. Uh, Saturn. It was actually an arcade title. Um, oh, really? Yep, but it did eventually come to Saturn and then eventually to Xbox Live Arcade, which in that re-release, they brought back a character they cut from the original release. I'm going to name four characters. One of them is actually in this game. Is it A, Honey the Cat, B, Jet the Hawk, C, Quoth the Raven, or D, Robo the Hedge. <laughs> Which of those is, in fact, in the game? Which is in the game. One of the, All right, I know that Biggs the Cat is the name of the cat character, so it's not It's not A. How stupid would it be uh, if they had two cats? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, say the Raven one again, the supplying words of Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, Quoth the Raven. I'm going to say Quoth the Raven. That's clever. Quoth the Raven is not, in ah. fact, a real character. That's one I made up. That's really good. <laughs> Does I mean I can steal you it? You can steal it. What's the name of the eagle? Uh, Jet the Hawk. Him. Uh, nope, he is not in the game, but he is a real character in the Sonic Riders uh, skateboard error ride oh, okay, series. Okay, so it's mine. What, what are the other two options? Honey the Cat and Robbo the Hedge. Oh, uh, Robbo the Hedge. All of you got it incorrect. Robbo the Hedge what, is from the... Are you picking, picturing like a piece of grass? Like what is a hedge? Robbo the Hedge is, is, an, is an alternate dimension Sonic <laughs> who is a play on Robin Hood. He's in the Archie oh, comics. Yeah, I thought it was I knew, like a robot yeah, I knew hedgehog. that at least had to be something real because that sounds too uh, made so, up. It sounds like you, you would... Yeah. <laughs> you could you could come up with a better fake name. Right, so it's Honey the Cat. Honey the Cat. Um, which was actually based on a character, Honey, from Virtual Fighter, which is where they got the idea to make Sonic the Fighters. Oh. All right. All right, so we're down to Back Kevin. To me, round we're up two. to Kevin. Yep. Yep. Question five. Go ahead. Uh, Sonic is known to have a lot of rivals, both in speed and personality. Yep. Which of these did I just make up? <laughs> a. Scourge the Hedgehog. B. Silver the Hedgehog. C. Jet the Hawk. Or D. Mock the Armadillo. It's Mock the Armadillo. You are correct. Yes. Hey. All right. The other three are real. I, I know I've seen footage of Silver from like one of the Dreamcast games. Uh, or Xbox Heroes or, or something. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. Uh, Jet the Hawk, I already mentioned, was a real character. And Scourge is, again, from the Archie comics. He is originally Evil Sonic. He comes from an alternate dimension. How many Evil Sonics are there? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, really fascinating, Dan. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm taking you through this history. This is going well. Number five. I'm getting all this stuff out of my head, you yeah. know. So there's two more questions? Then? Two more questions. Okay. This one's right. for you, Neil. All right. This is an Archie Comics Sonic question. Reviled former writer and artist for the comic, Ken Penders, claimed in a recent interview that which character of his creation took Princess Sally Acorn's virginity? Okay, wow. so this is, is something he said. This is actually something he said. I was, was going to say, oh, why is he reviled? And you answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Uh, A, Rotor the Walrus. B, Bunny Rabot. C, Jeffrey St. John. Or D, Dimitri the Echidna. Are these all real characters? These are all real characters. In the Archie comics. <laughs> In, okay. And, and Archie's... Is this a crossover comic? Or <laughs> no, just, no, Archie, 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 Archie Publications. Okay. 
he doesn't go, can I take it? No, no. He's gonna, I'm gonna go. He's all gonna right, go. Right. We don't have a time limit. I can think. He can about think this. all the time. Until, until who, I, who until screwed I, a cartoon chipmunk before Sonic? Did? Okay. Uh, let's say I like the sound of Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri is incorrect. Okay, Ryan, I'm taking the walrus. Uh, the walrus is incorrect. I didn't listen. Uh, I'll take the. What? What are the two remaining? Uh, Bunny Rabot. Uh, and Jeffrey St. John. Jeffrey St. John. That is correct. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> who is Jeffrey St. John? Jeffrey St. John is a skunk character who was the captain of the Royal Guard. Oh. Um, Stop. He was also. Don't go. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I want to get. I want to get. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. He was snooty, correct? No, you're thinking of Antoinette de Cool, who was a rabbit, correct? <laughs> he was a no, rabbit. No, he was a. What the hell? Man, I'm like a gopher kind of dude. Yeah. Okay. okay. You get the last question. You got the last question. question. All right. Here we go. This We're going back to games. How many official Sonic timelines slash realities are there? One, two, three, or four? Three. Incorrect. <sighs> Kevin. Four. Incorrect. One. Incorrect. There are <laughs> two. I didn't want anyone to get that point. <laughs> uh, there are two. There is the what is dubbed the classic timeline and the modern timeline. Like Sonic, what is it called? Sonic Generations? Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So, All right, so very good. At the end of Dan Hamilton's Sonic the Hedgehog quiz, our second Sonic the Hedgehog quiz on guaranteed audio, Ryan has one point, Neil with zero, and I had three. Well, that's more than I thought I'd get. <laughs> you got three? All right. With that in mind, let's move on to our final segment, which is the question and answer segment from our patrons. We are back from the break with questions from patrons. You can submit your questions over at guaranteedvideo.com. We take them exclusively from anyone that helps support our filmmaking and podcasting efforts. Even a dollar every month or every two months or whatever the hell it is uh, gets your questions in the bucket. And our first question today comes from Scott. Scott asks us, I feel like you're mostly going to focus on live-action films released in the United States. There are a lot of anime movie adaptations of video games, too. Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, Mario, Resident Evil, a whole bunch of Pokemon films. There are even more if you include TV shows. Have you seen any? Sure have. Yes. No. Moving on. Bella asks, Some years ago, turning movies and other pieces of media into video games was the hot thing to do. And most games I played in my childhood were adaptations. If you could take any piece of media and turn it into a video game, what would it be? Why and how? Anyone got anything? You, I think what Bella's really hitting at here is, oh, now there's a Game Gear game for The Jungle Book. Yeah. The tipping point of that was somewhere around when the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie came out, and it was right about that next generation of consoles of, oh, it's there's a Godzilla, 2001 Godzilla, or sorry, it's 2000. A 2000 Godzilla game for this console, this console, and you can buy it for whatever. And the end of the commercial would show you that crap. Yeah. And it was just a given, like, oh, if a big movie's coming out, some poor programmer just has to rush job something in three months. I think my favorite adaptation ever is Street Fighter, the movie, the game. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is kind of like Mortal Kombat, because they have the digitized actors in it being the fighters as opposed to sprites. I think it'd be fun to go back to the days of Cool Spot and find like a mascot that would be a good video game character. Oh, all right, that's cool. Yeah, but, but we're the pro- talking like an old video game or a modern. A modern video game. 
I mean, anything. The problem is if you took like Terry Crews, who we've talked about before in the show and made into a video game, he just turned into like some free like game on your phone where you'd like touch like stink particles with Old Spice and Terry Crews would be like, good job. Like that's what yeah. it would be. It wouldn't be like a real video game. Right? Well, I feel like that's the thing is they, they say there's not a lot of adaptation games out there, but like with mobile games, there are so many that are like branded or like this, the game, and it's a shitty ass card game on your phone. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot out there. I, I do like those are almost evolved from flash games on the yeah. official website for the movie kind of, kind of stuff. There's even like some of the ad- most recent movie and TV show adaptations that are coming to mind for me are like stranger things and like that mummy game that got made and they're sort of made in a throwback style. The mummy game was called the, the one based off the Tom Cruise movie was called the mummy demastered and it reviewed super well and it looked like a super Nintendo game, huh. but anything. A, a game specifically for you, what would you pick? Uh, although, tragically, Telltale Games went out of business, which is sad. Yeah. Uh, a, tel- a, a game in the style of Telltale Games, of season one of True Detective, where your decisions affect the, the case of the Yellow King and traveling oh, they, into yeah. Carcosa. It's so easy to imagine. That is so they probably There's so many too, properties, yeah. I think, that would adapt well to that. But True of, Detective in particular. Yeah. That could be really fun. And you can mm-hmm. play game playthrough as either one of them. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I have a bit of a boring you can, answer. You can cheat on your wife. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. What's the line from the show? I'll cut this. But he goes like, you're such an idiot. You cheated on your wife with a woman that looks just like her. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, this is an easy answer, but just to keep the conversation going, um, I I don't understand why I haven't gotten a Superman game since the PS2. Like they made one for 360 that had a great engine. I yeah. I thought it was super fun to play. I look around and they haven't really made a lot of middle to big budget superhero games in, in the last like five, 10 years. Like Spider-Man came out and that was kind of a big deal that it came out. The Batman games keep getting made and made and made and made. There's a new uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance game coming out that looks surprisingly low budget. I'm I'm surprised how cheap it looks, but I just I, I just want like that open city. I'm Superman. Stop problems. Put out fires. Bring yeah, people yeah. to the hospital if they've been hurt. Stop the robots. Make that game for me, please. Yeah, <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> I this is more of a deep cut, but uh, for for some reason this just came to mind. I'd love a video game based on the movie Repo Man from 1984. <laughs> uh, I cool. I feel like it's got a, a great. Uh, it's got a great goal, which is repossessing cars. Yeah. And uh, it would just be fun to write a lot of dialogue for all the characters. And uh, Would it look like Grand Theft Auto? Like, what's the aesthetic? As, I'm kind of imagining a Grand Theft Auto, but or it would also work as kind of like a as an 8-bit game, I think, a side-scroller or something. Text-driven. Just, yeah, yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it would have to be kind of a Grand Theft Auto because it's about stealing cars, but yeah. um, but it would be a little bit more of an adventure game, I think, a little more of a dialogue-based thing with a with an overarching plot um even if it's not the exact plot from repo man which i kind of forget there's a glowing car at some point (laughs) have you seen this movie no oh man i gotta show you sometime they should make a detective pikachu game damn what do you got (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna say something like story driven as well like a Mm -hmm. lot of games can adapt to that telltale yeah visual novel kind of style um but i'll go with the fun one uh the general from the general commercials a scrolling game where he He helps people with insurance. <laughs> okay, I really thought you were going to say the general, the Buster Keaton movie, the silent film, which would actually that'd make be a, a good, good. That'd be a cool game. Yeah. yeah, I could play like a Buster Keaton style 
uh, you know, black and white grainy, sort of like Cuphead aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. That's a good, yeah. that's a better answer than what I gave. Cool. Well, I got the, two, I guess. I All do right. like the jet. By the way, I just <laughs> thought of it while you we were answering. Um, what is an intellectual property, a film, a narrative, a novel that paces more like a video game than that already set up like Titan a video game? Titan A.E. Actually, that's wow. That's really good. Titan A.E. <laughs> is actually pretty solid. I was going to say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could say that being like, like a survival a horror Willy Wonka. Exactly. Okay. Or, yeah. or a uh, a simulator where you have to run a chocolate factory. And, uh, and <laughs> they've, like, they've, I'll bet you ten bucks they've made that. You have to like right. scoop out kids from the chocolate yeah, pond with no, like a skimmer. Yeah, 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 you have to do that. <laughs> well, it's like every game cycle you have to do a new tour or something. You get eight kids and you have to like walk them through and make sure that the that you've um, how wide their eyes get is the metric of your score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next question. Sam P. asks, do you think Mortal Kombat's gimmick of ultraviolence has aged well, given how video games have changed over the years? Uh, Neil, have you seen Mortal Kombat 11 or 10? I know. I th- uh, maybe. They've really, really leaned into the gore. To so, you, Okay, so you've seen like the x-rays. Like people get punched and it cuts to an x-ray of like their bones breaking. So, yeah. But, yeah. That's the thing. Okay, if you've seen that, that's, I mean, it gets, it can get a little more gory than that. But like, Ryan, you're definitely intimately acquainted because you're a brother, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Dan, you've played, a, okay. What, what do you guys think? Is more, how is this, has it aged well? Because back in the day, it was just, you'd punch somebody at the end of a match and they would explode into rib cages. It's more in your imagination back then. These characters look more and more photorealistic. Mm-hmm. So the bones have to look realistic. I don't know. I think they've kept the absurdity. Like they've taken yeah. away like the use your own imagination because you punched a guy back in like Mortal Kombat 3 and like four rib cages came out. Yeah. yeah. Right. But now it's like depending on how hard you yeah, punch. Yeah, depending on how hard you punch. <laughs> yeah. But now like Johnny Cage has a fatality where he rips someone in half and shoves this. his hand up them and uses them as a ventriloquist dummy and tells a terrible joke and then a, a tomato hits the dummy in the f- the human person dummy in the face and that's hilarious. Yeah, like, they recorded a bunch of dialogue and mo-capped all this stuff so like every time you play as Johnny Cage and do this fatality like this ventriloquist thing, yeah. he'll tell a different joke that's oh like a God. pun based on the character. It's pretty funny. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I fell down like a YouTube hole uh, watching a bunch of Mortal Kombat 10 clips, which has a bunch of like horror movie characters that you can play in, yeah. in, in them. And I remember being like, oh, wow, they really have like gone all out with the gore. They've like cornered depending. this market. They, they, yeah. Um, they, they have characters that uh, any way you slice them, literally, you'd see different parts of the like organs and stuff. It's, like, it can be pretty unsettling if you're not ready for it. Yeah. I've seen it ramp up, so I'm kind of okay with it. But whenever someone's told me they think they're going too far, I don't object. It, it is real. Some of it's rough, like teeth coming out and like mm-hmm. the, the whole concept of showing an x-ray of a character as they get hurt and their like organs implode is done to elicit this like visceral reaction out of you that I, I usually laugh because I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. But that's like what always happens when I'm watching a movie and someone gets punched. I'm like, oh, that looks like it hurt. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great question because Mortal Kombat it, were the pioneers in having blood in a video game. Ed Boon and John Tobias are the reason many video games since then have a feature you can turn blood on or off. They yeah. are absolutely responsible for a huge mechanic of how so many games have been made yeah we live in a timeline where they were at the helm of this and were the pioneers of blood and video games they have been so influential in so much it would be crazy to think of if anyone else kind of was the first one to hold that golden magic in their hands and dictate where we go from there yeah 
Mortal Kombat was synonymous with so many difficult people for so long. <laughs> uh, if you play Mortal Kombat, you're a bad per- It was straight up, you play Mortal Kombat, you're a bad person. If you yeah. listen to bad music, you're a bad person. Yeah. And they took a lot of heat from that. If we're allowed to watch like hyper-violent movies or like even like sports where people are allowed to punch each other and Did- not go to jail, yeah, I don't, I don't see the harm in like the snake man fighting the ice ninja and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Throwing ice. Spe- I also think um the, the team that makes those games, nether realms, they've got, they've branched out. They make the injustice games now. And there was a, that, that, that franchise is sort of their way of doing a fighter that isn't hyper violent. Mm-hmm. You know, cause Superman's not going to like punch green lanterns arms off and stuff. You yeah. Know? But they still have Aquaman stab green lantern with a trident through the chest and then feed him to a shark. And then the battle continues. Oh yeah. But he's not like getting dismembered. Like, you know, like they, he they should, he should. But like, I mean, then, I mean, that's like most PG 13 movies these days. Like how on earth are these characters? Not. Yeah. I think what the dude, Sam Pete, by the way, Sam, thanks again for the question. What Sam P's the real answer to his question. It's a good question. Uh, is the Valley of the Uncanny. How close do we get to real... How much hyper-realism in the game is no longer entertaining and too un- less entertainment and more uncomfortable? Uh, for some people, it's already there. Some people were some people were uncomfortable in like 1992 with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. They didn't get more comfortable. Their philosophy in NetherRealm seems to be these characters look more and more real. Like the animations are... The voice actors are now doing all the animation capture for the faces, so the voices look like they're coming out of those faces. That's how far they're going. Yeah, I think if they go from the fifth gear of violence they're in down to even fourth, that's when it would start to probably get more unsettling. Like you have to really go big or go home. Go Freddy Krueger or don't bother. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like um, yeah. There has to be. It has to be like so graphic. It's absurd, or it doesn't. I think that's work. what they they're really going for. Yeah. Because I mean, real violence is not anything like yeah any anything that Mortal Kombat has ever put out there. It's you know it's. It's always been pretty over the top and more about the animators having fun, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or not fun, but like more about the the animators like giving themselves something interesting and really wild to do than it has been about actually depicting what it would look like if these characters were, you know, stabbing each other. And, and it is more. marketed towards adults. It is an adult only thing. It's a, a, like 17 or 18 up only, mm-hmm. you know, like it, like a children shouldn't be playing it. And as know? an adult, I'll say Shao Kahn knocking someone over with a sledgehammer and then golf swinging their head through their asses. You know, okay in my book. <laughs> that is a fatality in the game. Last question. This one being presented by Ryan. Uh, Ryan's going to read Mark Hughes. Thank you, Mark. Mark Hughes asked us, there's an animated Super Mario Brothers movie scheduled to be released in 2022 by Illumination Entertainment, the studio that's behind Despicable Me, The Lorax, The Grinch, The Secret Life of Pets, and Sing. No other information has been announced in terms of who is working on it. What do you think is the percent chance that it will actually be good? Not, not, not to nitpick Mark Hughes, but I do think it's interesting he didn't mention that the studio makes the Minion movies. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he thought Despicable Me counts. Okay, okay yeah, that's, it, like, that's it, a franchise. Encapsulates blah, 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 yeah. blah. Uh, well, Mark, I'll, I didn't see The Grinch, but my brother did. He's, he's a phantom member of this episode, and he said The Grinch was uh, terrible. Hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch wasn't even mean, and if The Grinch isn't, he has one character trait. <laughs> he's mean. That's all he does. That's, that's, what start, he that's does. the start of the song. 
You're a mean one. <laughs> so you don't have Mr. much faith Gray. in them. Um, I, in a weird, and, and yet I have mixed feelings because Illumination's one of the few intellectual property adapters that isn't Disney. And it doesn't, for one thing, Secret Life of Pests, moving, uh, they have a sequel coming out, uh, not with Louis C.K., Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly, th- I think to myself, you, you didn't do a good job with the Lorax. You didn't do a good job with the Grinch. We'll see if you can get past Louie jerking it with the secret life of pets. And I think you're going to put fucking minions in, uh, Nintendo. I think you're going to put minions in the mushroom kingdom. I think that Mario and Luigi are going to jump on minions. I think no, Minions they'll, gonna they'll, look turn at a the, they'll turn the toads into minions. This, yep. this yeah. movie. So they've been talking about this movie for a while now. They've confirmed it's coming out 2022, but they still don't have a director. Great sign. <laughs> hmm. um, I'll say this they know what they have with Mario it seems like Nintendo is heavily involved with it Nintendo knows that they have like a Disney caliber roster of characters and if they execute well they, they'll make billions off these movies alone not even the games Yeah. Um, I assume it's going to be managed well I can't imagine it's going to be slapped together or as risky as say Sonic is right now yeah I, honestly I think like what whatever plot there is to Mario it really would work best in that kind of animated kids movie that's has nothing to do with reality. There's no Brooklyn. There's no. Yeah. He's taken know. out of his element. Like, you don't think they'll do that. You think it's well, going to be. I mean, maybe they can a little bit, but I don't think you should show it. I don't think, uh, you know, that really helps the story. I think you should. it should just be entirely within the Mushroom Kingdom, which has its own lore and set of rules that is really appropriate for the color scheme that that you know i agree bright yeah bright and just kind of light and airy and uh ironic sincere yeah because most of the time when movies like this are being made with like a brand or a character that everyone's familiar with there's so much irony slapped onto it that like the use of a sound effect or a scene or a reference that we all get that wink wink is the joke yeah there's no joke beneath that irony <laughs> now i don't know if they'll do that that's what i'm saying like yeah but i think they have the look at least i think they'll be able to get the look down. if mario you're but you're saying you're in your mind's eye you're just imagining it's like a 3d mario game but it's an animated movie yeah and i think the problem with that and the possibly the downfall will be that uh if you do it straight it's going to feel like a little kid's movie. Oh, like for sure. Rated G, like for six-year-olds. You can't Lego mm-hmm. movie it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Ma- you, you, I love the Lego movie for the record. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, like, Lego movie's great. You probably can't do that with Mario unless you bring in all the Nintendo characters in the first movie and then no. go super You can't add hip. sass to Mario. <laughs> My hope is that, and I think you can actually add sass, but not in the way I think you were describing well, it. Well, it's like the sense of humor of, of Mario is like very... Uh, sincere yeah and it's a cartoon like it's very dry it's like a car- it's a cartoon there's a, there's a handheld rpg series with mario yeah. uh the mario and luigi series uh, Super paper Star mario Sa- or not paper mario okay. no superstar saga yeah. uh, partners in time which does have a script that i think would translate well to a movie it's a bit tongue-in-cheek it's a bit self-aware yeah it's mm-hmm. sassy but not like like mean-spirited sassy or just yeah. like it's just like it understands like Luigi's sort of a doormat. Like they're always calling him Green Mario in it. Like Bowser's yeah. like, oh no, it's Mario and the Green Guy. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, is that's that's all like in universe, humor. right? That's and like I think the characters. That's what the characters would say. They're not saying it for the camera. I've never heard that joke before. I really yeah. like that. Green Mario is a good pejorative. I didn't realize that's from a game. Yeah, no, that's people... th- that's from a game. And I, I think... thought that was an internet uh, slam on Luigi. Dan, but... Dan you think they bring in Charles Martinet? They probably will. And, you know, my, my hope again, like I said, it, it's sort of based on that RPG writing, 
uh, where Bowser is not really the big bad, but he's still the last guy you fight. Like he's yeah. bamboozled by a bigger bad. Charles Martinet is the voice actor who behind Mario from like, all the characters. Mario sixty four, pretty, yeah, pretty much. Onward. Waluigi is, is his he, greatest role to date. He probably did something before Mario sixty four as well. I imagine was that his first time voicing him? Not a goddamn clue. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a Sonic like lore a, man. <laughs> they they used him like tentatively a couple times as like the voice of like here's a 3D Mario yeah, like, demo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, consumer electronic show. Yeah, yeah, like hey, we could do face modeling. Um. That's my hope, though, is RPG writing, but uh, it's Mario RPG writing, but I feel like it's going to be middle of the road. Hey, this is pretty passable. Hey, it's the best one yet, but like the right. bar's so low. What's our our nightmare vision? Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. It's just going to do Wreck-It Ralph just, again. Yeah. yeah, like Wreck-It Ralph. All right, well, who's the, all right, who's the, uh, the worst pick for the voice of Mario? Chris Hemsworth. Was, oh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Again. Ryan Reynolds, Again. But, but, but like Ryan Reynolds for Luigi. <laughs> Ryan, who's a who's a good pick for Mario? If they're not going to do, who's Trump. a good pick? Yeah, hmm. Goodman, Chowetel Ejiofor. I don't know. I, I I just I'm not thinking about Jaleel that. White. Here's the thing: it's like, <laughs> Mar- Mario has a ridiculous voice. Can you? Can you watch a whole movie where he's like a talking like this? <laughs> Not in the slightest. No. <laughs> no. Who, who does Luigi on The Simpsons? Is that uh, Dan Castellaneta? <laughs> no. Who, who does that? You know the Italian chef. He's like super racist. Is yeah. it Hank Azaria or it him? Might be, it's I think it's Hank Azaria. It's more like Luigi. Right, fuck it. Just get Hank Azaria. That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, okay. You want? You get. I think the. I think uh, best case scenario, if they're gonna go with a celebrity for Mario, probably like Alec Baldwin or someone. You could see our faces, everybody. <laughs> the boss baby himself. D- Danny oh. DeVito. I would say, that, that's that's got to be There's two Mario. directions you can go with Mario, and it's like the Bob Hoskins yeah. route or Charles, I Ma- would, Charles Martin. I can totally picture Wario having like a brief scene in the movie or like a background cameo, and it is Danny DeVito. Yeah. Like, hey, Mario! And they just like yeah. kind of like, like that. But even that might be too Hollywood. That might be too... I don't know. Nintendo had no influence on this Pokemon movie, the Detective Pikachu movie, right? Well, because that was the, the Pokemon Company, right? Because Pokemon Company owns that yeah. property. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, all right. Let's say Wes Anderson directs it. Master <laughs> of the side scroller movie. Yes. Yep. Um, Bill Murray as Mario. Yeah. Bill Murray as Mario. Uh, Adrian Brody as Luigi. Luigi. All right. Uh, yeah. And Angelica Houston as Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow as Peach. Yeah. My assumption is they're going to flip the script with Peach getting captured somehow. That would yeah. be that'd be that'd be the most clever, <laughs> progressive thing. She'll be captured, but then released right away. Like that'll be the opening of the movie is them rescuing. Her yeah, mid- to establish kidnap. that's the joke that yeah. she keeps getting captured. Willem Dafoe as Waluigi, <laughs> but he'll just Shit, be green good. screened in. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually just Willem Dafoe with a nose prosthetic. <laughs> you imagine Willem Dafoe like acting his ass off, looking worried, like Mario, we have to save the princess. No, all the other characters are on model, but he's like Beowulf. Beowulf. Oh. Like, he's actually CG. It's CG, but it looks exactly like Zemeckis CG. Zemeckis co-directed just those scenes. Wow. <laughs> He's got, like, he's, got like, he's got like sweat stains under his shirt and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mario is like this pristine mascot. Yeah, uh, he's half his Pixar size. quality. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Well, that's about everything we should say about video game movies for this extremely long episode of Guaranteed Audio. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? Uh, th- thanks for having me on. I'm sure I will never be invited back because of my Sonic quiz, but you know, I, I got it out there, so I feel good. 
it's, I'll say I wish we talked about Tron a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's like a video game movie that made up its own video games. Yeah, uh, which I think is cool. Yeah, that uh, is cool. Yeah. yeah. They kind of did that in Wreck-It Ralph before they got into all the candy product placement. Yeah, that's a... That's <laughs> that always a... bummed me out about that movie. I, I just want to bring up before for our audience at home that uh, the antagonist of Donkey Kong in that franchise is King K. Rule or King Cruel, and he's just an alligator that's a clear ripoff of Bowser. <laughs> he has a metal chest. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he's <laughs> also a pirate. Oh, at times, that's oh, correct. Oh, fuck, guys, we didn't talk about pixels. Pixels. <laughs>